following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Ted. And Bill Scotty Craytown, along with my co-hosts. Hosts, yes, plural. Ladies and gentlemen, with the cannonball, Alex Steele. Hiya. And we've got the bootleg better. Back in the house, Boots. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you back. Uh, let's have a toast. May the wind be at your back and the bad be in your past. And your kids take all your good and your wife have class. The bootleg <laughs> better to be. Yes, the bootleg better. Who Shout better? Out we are so glad that you're back. I, I'm. Uh, Cheers. Boys are back in town. Yeah, busy man. Busy man. Coming off vacation? Well, there's vacation. There was uh, family, uh, health things mm-hmm. going on, but by the good grace of the good lord above everything is okay yeah but he got he had to go into enemy territory over there in wisconsin ah. enemy territory yeah. <laughs> territory what you... army crawl to my bed <laughs> 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 but he, he, get, he came out alive though thankfully yes we, we, we yes went into enemy territory but that's okay um and and folks we got uh, a lot of off-season news going on here uh, the the off-season is definitely in full swing a little quiet on the war front i'm waiting for the big stuff to go on but yep. ultimately uh we we've got some stuff happening around the league and uh we got some free agents still sticking around here mm-hmm. yeah some some interesting free agents uh still on the board we're going to be discussing those guys we've got a few contracts well holdouts waiting on that big check yeah yeah waiting on that mailbox money that ed mcmahon <laughs> oversized <laughs> publisher's clearinghouse yep. check well you may not get it yeah i don't, I don't know that that's gonna happen yeah but uh yeah we've got we've got some good stuff going on around the league some entertaining stuff inter- some uh stories uh jumping into the news and notes the most recent one uh the bills Go out and extend head coach Sean McDermott, general manager Brandon Bean to contract extensions through 2027. Mm. I love it. I'm here for it. I think both these guys are great. Sean McDermott has done a great job with the Buffalo Bills. um, And I think Brandon Bean has done a really awesome job with their personnel so far, with the exception of the current elephant in the room being Stefan Diggs. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, But I think the Buffalo Bills right now, you know, they're, they're pro- a- quite possibly the best team in football, arguably, yeah, arguably, like, like there's, there's a short list, Kansas City and Buffalo and Cincinnati, I think are the, like the top three teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, and I think we're talking about Philadelphia as well. Uh, Philly, True. Philly has has uh, shown up in, in some big spots. Uh, but I, I mean, ultimately, the Buffalo Bills. I, I love the, especially the Sean McDermott part. I think the Sean McDermott signing is the one that that really gets me excited because his schemes. Uh, he, he's a talented coach, and I didn't think very much of Josh Allen coming out of college. 
I didn't think that he was going to shape up to be anything special. Next thing you know, Josh Allen is something super special. And boy, was I wrong. And I think Sean McDermott had a lot to do with that. Boots, what do you make of these signings? Mm, well, he'll be, uh, he'll be around just long enough to see the new stadium get built and not be able to coach in it. Really? Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, they'll call that a bold take, a hot take, yeah. maybe if you want to. I don't, I don't know. It, I find it hard to see Buffalo being more in the next three years than they are now. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the defense still not where it needs to be to, con- to consistently compete at the top level, not where it needs to be. The running game. They still haven't gotten that on track. Josh Allen being the number one guy running the football, not going to not gonna go well for you over the long haul. Mm-hmm. And you add in the fact you got some uh, maybe a little bit of unrest in the locker room. There's coaching changes um, that, that's been happening in Buffalo. So I don't know. I think this year it might be a little, little more tough than, than people think. The mm-hmm. D- the defense, that, that's what really concerns me. Yeah, they did lose some defensive pieces over the offseason. Uh, you know, they, they lost their top linebacker, right? Yeah. Lost your top guy. They did sign Ed Oliver to an extension in the last couple of weeks here, which yeah, I they thought needed was, to. Yeah, Ed Oliver's a special player. And speaking of the running game for the Bills, they did go out and sign running back Latavius Murray to a one-year deal. You know, I don't buy Latavius. I... I you know, I've always talked about how he gets a million carries and, and doesn't always maximize uh, what exactly he's doing there. But getting him on a one-year deal, I look at their running back room and I'm like, okay, so you lost Devin Singletary to the Texans. You you picked up Latavius Murray, you got Damian Harris, and you got James Cook. James Cook says his expectation is to be the number one running back over there. Not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's Dalvin. I, that's the thing. No. I don't. I do not think he's his brother. No, he's as, as talented as as James Cook is. Very good. He's he, he lacks the prototypical size mm-hmm. of an RB one, a guy that you want to put. I don't know how 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 much value teams put on that nowadays. But when you do need that two yards, I need two yards. Can you get it for me every single time? Yeah, that's what you're looking at for an, an RB one. Hey, we need these two yards. It's fourth and inches. What you can you can you get that for me? Yeah, right. We're putting it in your hands. Can you get it for me, Derrick Henry? He's one of those guys. Yeah, I got you, Coach. I don't see De- um, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. He's one of those guys. Yep. You know, but I don't see James being that. Yeah, and that's that's the the concerning thing. I I I feel like they're. They're stashing their running back room with a lot of uh, uh, low end running back one, high you end know, high RB end RB twos, middle you know. of the road RB twos. That's what Latavius Murray. Hey, Latavius, keep getting them checks. But yeah, I, Latavius Murray isn't going to solve the, the the issue. They they've got these guys who who are just not. I, I don't think they're capable of being our you know high end RB ones. Damian Harris, Damian Harris in in New England. He, he was an RB1, and it was really looking like he was going to be something special. And then what he do? He got hurt, and, and there's definitely durability concerns as it pertains to Damian Harris. Uh, James Cook, I just, like I said, I don't think he's his brother. I, I don't think he's Dalvin. And, and that will always be the concern as, par, as far as James Cook is concerned. And then you look at, at uh, um, you know, Latavius, 
Latavius never maximizes his opportunities. And that's the questions I'm always going to have about Latavius Murray is whether or not he can access his or uh, uh, he can maximize his potential. Uh, Alex, Latavius Murray in Buffalo. That's not the long term solution. No. I mean, I, I, you know, we were talking about maybe they could pick up Ezekiel Elliott, you know, who's still on the chopping block, who's still on the block. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you need a solid bell cow back and Latavius Murray is not, is, is not the guy, you know, uh, it's so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with Latavius Murray or if, you know, I just, I, I'm not seeing it, man. I am not seeing it. No, I, I think he's going to wind up being a, a backup. He's been a journeyman backup so far, you know, I mean, mm. it's, basically that's what he's been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> If somebody gets hurt, you know, then he'll he'll be able to fill a role, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's about it. That's and, a depth move. Yeah, that was a big depth move ahead of uh, training camps and preseason. You know, and and as I, I I would dare say that Latavius is a high end backup. I would I would go as far high as saying high end backup. But I mean, that's about you know all he gets. You know, high end backup, and that's about it. Um, but also, uh, the bills also have some trouble in paradise here and, and us Vikings fans are kind of laughing to ourselves a little bit going, hmm, like we didn't see this coming. Uh, bills, uh, wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, he shows up at practice, but, uh, he's reported there. The team is reportedly considering privately, uh, a trade of Stefan Diggs, uh, Diggs. I have. When when the Vikings trading Stefan tra- traded Stefan Diggs a few years ago, I was extremely happy. And and it's not that I don't think Diggs is a good receiver because I do think Diggs is a tremendous receiver. Without My a doubt, with Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs is a diva. He's got an attitude. He's always had a bad attitude. He thinks his shit doesn't stink. And this is another one of those situations where Stefan Diggs he's mad about the offense and he wants his his voice to be heard about the offense and what he thinks the offense should be doing. Steph, that's for coaches to figure out. I used to think coaches ran the team. Yeah, that's, I mean, yep. that's, that's essentially where I'm at. I, I don't understand where Stefan Diggs gets off uh, uh, trying to throw his weight around like that. And, and frankly, it, it's one of those things where I, I think Stefan Diggs is going to wind up alienating just about every team that he goes to at some point. There's always the explosion when it comes to Stefan Diggs. They saw it in the playoffs. Yep, exactly. There's there's always the implosion. It's 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 Stefan Diggs just imploding, you know, and and getting kicked out of town. And and it's very similar to Randy Moss. You know, Moss did the same thing. He he got sent over to the Raiders and then, you know, got himself screwed at the Raiders and got, hmm. you know, went over to, to the Patriots. Got kicked out of town with the Patriots. There's, oh, there's always that eventual implosion. Could there be some an issue with the Vikings then? Oh, I mean, hey, could it? Could it be? Hmm. Diggs had an issue with the Vikings. Diggs yeah. had an issue with the Vikings, and and Diggs felt like like uh, the offensive scheme wasn't to his liking, and he. I don't know. I seem to remember somebody catching a miracle, and yeah, the, the miracle pass from. Uh, Case Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum, rather. Yeah, Case yep. Keenum. Sorry, Case. Yep, but yeah, I mean, he he felt like the thing didn't cater to him enough. 
and 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 the, the offense wasn't what he wanted and and so he wanted out of town and when he left town I was thrilled because we got those two first round picks for him and guess who it turned into Justin Jefferson right so so it turned into Justin Jefferson so I'm not mad at that now great Justin Jefferson doesn't turn it's, uh, doesn't turn and go another direction. Right. I'll and and, and I don't think Justin Jefferson is a diva. He did show up to training camp. Uh, he's ready to go. The Vikings are currently working on a deal for both him and TJ Hawkinson at this point, which is brilliant. <clears throat> the problem is not with the Vikings. The problem is with Stefan Diggs. The problem is, is not with the Bills. The problem is with Stefan Diggs. I, I'm one of those. There's one. Sometimes there's those players that are cancers in locker rooms. And I think Stefan Diggs is like getting to that level where he's cancer in the locker room. Uh, Alex, what what say you about Steph Diggs? Well, as you stated before, you know he's he is a great wide receiver, you know. So you know any boasts that he makes about his play, he can back up. You know he's definitely very instrumental uh, with the Bills' offense. He was very instrumental with the Vikings' offense, right. and you know also as we've stated. You know, he was very instrumental in the in the Minneapolis miracle. You know, that he has his name is etched in Vikings history and NFL history. So, you know, having said that, you know, as as an NFL player, I feel you have a responsibility uh, to hold to have a sense of decorum, to have a sense of uh, responsibility and, and uh, humility. He doesn't have that. No, you know, I mean, it's 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 okay to have an ego and a positive attitude, but Stefan Diggs's head is so big, it's it's uh, surprising he can fit his helmet on it, you know. And <laughs> so, um, when when you're ha- when you're having reports that the team wants to privately trade away uh, one of their top receivers because he's turning into a Terrell Owens or an OBJ. Or uh, an Antonio Brown. Well, okay, we can't. I, I think I don't think that's fair. We can't really say he's an Antonio Brown, but <laughs> but the, the point is made. You know, uh, there have been plenty of diva wide receivers in this league throughout history, and it's turning out that Stefan Diggs is one of them. And you know, a real NFL team that's that you know talks about teamwork and cohesiveness. They shouldn't put up with that. And I think the Bills, they're going to walk away. If they do deal Steph Diggs, they're going to walk away with just a hero's ransom here. They're, they should. They, they better. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get, you know. If you, trade, if you trade them for a pair of underwear and a flat tire, then then we're really going to have to question that extension uh, for, be, you know, question Bean's extension. Right. I, I, I think if they can deal Steph Diggs because he did generate, what, what was it? It was, what, two first rounders we got, we got for Steph Diggs. So if you can generate the same kind of interest and you can generate that same return, then you've hit a home run. And the Bills, they do have options on the table. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is out there. You know, they yep. mm-hmm. you, know, and you don't think so. Oh yeah, no. No. I take ten I take <laughs> Stefan Diggs ten times out of ten over DeAndre Hopkins. Really? Wow. Even, even given the current circumstances, and and if you can deal Diggs, get two first rounders, and then have DeAndre put it like this: if you can deal with the ego, I'll take the production. Yeah, I yes. mean, and and 
That's the thing. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, his production has fallen off in the last couple of years. The last two seasons, you know, obviously injuries have reared their ugly head. We've seen uh, the the was it the P PED scandal that went on with him. Yeah, you know, but even you know, but even Hopkins, he's still a great player. You know, don't get me wrong, but you give me the choice, ten times out of ten, I'm taking Dicks. Yep, and excellent and, route runner, gets open, has speed, and catches everything. I think the Buffalo Bills, if they're going to do it. If they do deal Diggs, I think they're looking at a because you're right, Diggs. He, I mean, he led the league in receptions the other year. Um, I think with with uh, uh, Stefan Diggs, if the Buffalo Bills can reload versus rebuild, mm-hmm. and that that's that's kind of what you're looking at for the future. If you can deal Stefan Diggs and you can get, say, a first rounder or two first rounders out of Steph Diggs. Yeah. And then you still have DeAndre Hopkins for this season, and then you can go out and get the things you need to replace Stephon Diggs. I, and and you never know when the next Justin Jefferson is kind of around the corner. Could be. That's and, true. And and that's kind of what you're what you're looking at is like, oh well, you know, who maybe we can reload in this situation rather than rebuild. That's kind of the goal is sustaining success and 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 if the bills can sustain the success by dealing step digs and staying relevant i i think that that they have a really great opportunity here um to walk out with with like i said a hero's ransom here i tell you what you deal step digs you'll see what that team looks like and and mcdermott might (laughs) walk out (laughs) yeah It, it could get ugly i mean i know Diggs is basically you know, he's almost been a one-man army as far as their receivers go. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what he is. But let's also not forget what the, the Bills did this offseason to sort of alleviate those types of situations and, and what they created with extra pass catchers such as Dalton Kincaid, who they got in the draft, who I think is an excellent tight end. They're, they're going to have those double tight end sets going on. It's going to get interesting over there in Buffalo. Um a lot of people seem to think that Buffalo's on the the back nine here as far as this run goes. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, sun's going down. You get rid of Diggs, it's dark. <laughs> He's just a, saying. Ballsy, ballsy predictions over here. And uh, <laughs> speaking of of uh, Diggs and his former team, Viking, we have a holdout situation over there with Minnesota. The Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. He can see the team retaining Daniil Hunter as a real outcome in spite of the Vikings listening to trade offers. We talked about that on the last show. Uh, you know, Hunter, he does intend to skip minicamp. He wants a new contract. Oh, I missed this one. Um, Hunter is one of the best defensive ends in the league. But oh, yeah. the, the thing about Daniil Hunter is, is uh, in this 3-4 scheme, Daniil Hunter doesn't exactly completely fit this, the mold because in a 3-4 scheme, he's a stand-up sort of edge rusher. That's not Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter is a hand-in-the-dirt, yeah. you know, 4-3 defensive end, and that's what he's been his entire career. It looks yeah. so awkward last season watching him stand up at the end of the line, get ready to rush, and I'm like, man, just get his hand well, in the dirt. What are we doing here? Well, I don't know what uh, Brian Flores, new defensive coordinator, is going to do with it. Yep. W- with him, but uh, if they're changing this again, you change the scheme. Now you're going to change. You know, can the players' strengths fit this scheme, or does his weaknesses outweigh what we can really do with him? Right. And Daniel Hunter wants a new contract, so you're going to have two trains colliding. 
yeah, at that point. If contract you're, versus scheme. Yeah, if you remember a few years back, Daniel Hunter did sign a, a, at that time what was a very, I guess, kind of a reasonable deal. The, the Vikings were very smart when, when they signed Daniel Hunter to the contract that they signed him to. At the time, I think he got signed to like a $14 million deal. Mm-hmm. And, at, and also at that time, Daniel Hunter was one of the best defensive ends in football, right? right? So, and, and, but he was fresh off of that first red hot season that he had. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings got him at just the right moment. And he happened to sign this contract that was, that turned out to be very undervalued for him. And so in the last couple of years, Daniel has had sort of a pissing match with the organization saying, well, we're, I want more money. And the organization said, all right, well, on a yearly basis, you want more money. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take your money from your last year of your deal. We'll kick it because he had three years left. So we'll take your your money from your last year and we'll move it forward into the next two seasons. So Daniel Hunter was making 20 million and 20 million these last two years. Now he's set to make a base salary of 5.3 million because they kicked that money from year three and year one and two. Mm. So He's pissed off about that, and he wants more money. He's a holdout in camp. Oh, look, I get it. Daniel Hunter is a great, you know, edge rusher. He's a great defensive end. He yeah. had double-digit sacks last year, uh, and and it was his first year back because those two it's two years prior, he was hurt. You know, he yeah. had, he had the the what was it Mike Zimmer called it a tweak. I think it is, and, yeah. and it turned out to be a a full-on neck surgery, and then. Mm. And then after that, I think it was a torn pectoral. So questions around Daniel Hunter. I do think that at 29 years old, he's worth the money. I would probably, if I were to assign him to any sort of extension or revamp his contract or whatever the case may be, I would do it on a short, shorter term. I wouldn't say short term, but a shorter term, two, three years, give him a three-year deal I could see. Beyond that, I'm I'm out on Daniel Hunter. I'll I'll go find my new edge rusher elsewhere. But the Vikings, they have sold the farm as far as these defensive players go. You just lost Zadarius Smith, right? Yeah. And and he was your premier edge rusher. If you were gonna have this piss, I, I would have rather kept Zadarius Smith than had the pissing match with Daniel Hunter. Yeah, you know, I would have rather retained Zadarius and said, all right, look. Let's let's go ahead and keep you around. Let's get rid of Daniel Hunter. We'll test the free agent market. We'll go out and find ourselves a new defensive end. Done. That that to me makes the most sense. Yeah. But instead, we're wasting our time now having this 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 issue with Daniel Hunter, him being un- unhappy about his contract. And and it's every year it seems like we're always having this issue with Daniel Hunter being unhappy with his contract in some way, shape, or form. The, the man is never going to be satisfied unless he's getting paid top defensive end money. And frankly, I don't know that he's completely worth top defensive end money. I think Daniel Hunter is worth, you know, above average. Yeah. But I don't think he's worth $25 million like some of these guys are getting at this point. He could be also, Hunter could be looking at it like, okay, I've had this injury, I've had that injury, and, when, and we don't – we don't know what he's feeling pain pain level wise, but it's probably somewhere, you know, a walking two or three. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. when the season starts. So maybe he sees the end coming a little 
sooner than the team does or the team sees it a little faster than he does and, and he's trying to make sure he gets set because they won 13 games last year. Right. They're not going to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's just not going to happen. Not this season. And they – I had to do a bold take, but playoffs maybe? <laughs> yeah. Playoffs? Right, right. They're definitely going to regress. And so I think he wants to make sure he gets paid knowing that they're about to go into a regression period. Yeah. And that he's he's had these injuries and it's starting to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Alex, what do you got on Daniil Hunter? What do you think of this uh, um, this current contract situation? I mean, let me just, before you jump in, I, I just want to think about it like this. And I understand, you know, he wants more money and I get it. At the end of the day, you signed the fucking contract. <laughs> and nobody held a gun to your head and said, sign this damn thing. Back in, I think it was, what, 2014, nobody said, oh, sign this six-year deal, you know, and nobody said that. And here's right. Neil Hunter doing his, you know, signing or 2016 or whatever it was. He's uh, he's the one signing the deal, yeah. you know. So, I, I mean, I right? Am I wrong here? Nope. Nope, not at all. I mean, we covered this last episode where uh, – you know, it's like Daniil Hunter was the guy that signed a bad contract and he's kicking himself in the foot or the ass or whatever, whatever, wherever his foot can reach. So, you know, you know, he's sitting here saying, oh, shoot, I should have got more money. So, you know, he is definitely an above average defensive end, you know, very, very talented and skilled player. You know, you definitely want to be able to retain his services and legally they can because yeah. the contract signed, it's filed. Um, you know, it's just, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Now, could it have been that the six-year deal was the best option at the time, and then things started picking up, and then he went, oh, wow, if I would have just waited waited like a year or two, you know, maybe then I could have, uh, you know, that, that, that sounds like that's what the situation is. Yep. If he would, you know, who know, but who knows if that would have been able to happen at the time. You know, tw- you know, tw- 2016 was seven years ago. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that that's a lot, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, the man, you know, fe- if, he, if the man feels like he needs to get more money, he can. But, I mean, the, the Vikings organization has the ability, legal ability, to retain his services because he signed the contract. And and if he holds out, if Daniel Hunter does hold out, you know, yeah, he has to come out. I think it's week ten he has to come back by. But but they don't have to pay the man. And they, they retain his contract. So it, it's like and it's gonna hurt the defense. Right. It's gonna it, it's it will, yep, it will hurt the team. Right. They they retain his his contract until he decides to just man up and come back, you know, at that point. The team has essentially has control of the situation. If Daniel says, Oh, I'm not coming back. Okay. Well, it looks like you're not getting paid. Looks like you're not playing football. You know, that's just what it is. And and I think it's silly on his end. It, to me, it's like, okay, look, if they're not going to renegotiate the deal, fine, I'll begrudgingly pay, play for the five point three million or whatever it is. But then I'm I'm going elsewhere. Yeah. To hell with y'all. You know. And mm-hmm. Neil Hunter will get signed to a large deal. You know, at the end of the year, you just play your ass off as kind of a prove it deal. Show that you can still go at that high level that I think he can go at, 
and a lot of other people think you can go at, and then go, you know, go go find bet, yourself your, your twenty million. Bet bet on yourself. Yeah, you know, help the team. You know, show your show the show your team that you are a team player, and let the Vikings, you know, let the Vikings organization sit there and go. Maybe we should have renegotiated a deal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> make, make, make the make the team make the organization sit there and go. Shoot, we we screwed. We were the ones that screwed up. <laughs> yep. Make make them regret it. Um, speaking of contract holdouts, uh, first of all, it, this one's not really a holdout, but it's a hold in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Herbert. Chargers QB Justin Herbert potentially staging a hold-in if the Chargers can't get a contract extension for him this year. He says, we'll see. Uh, a hold-in being basically what Deshaun Watson did a few years ago. I'm showing up to practice. I'm here, but I'm not taking the field when it comes time for game time. Uh, Deshaun Watson did it a few years ago with the Texans. Um, he was he was pissed, wanted to trade, You know, didn't want to play for the Texans anymore, staged a hold-in just so he can continue getting paid. Um, apparently he was holding something. Yeah. Uh, Justin, (laughs) Justin Herbert, however, uh, talking about staging a hold in, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by it. I mean, I, I know Herbert, he's entering the third year of his deal here. Uh, he's, he is ready for, uh, extension time here. I think he's eligible at this point. So he may not play. Yeah, he, he might not, he might not play. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to say the least. I think Justin Herbert is worth every penny, um, especially when it comes to the Chargers organization and the things that that uh, they need him for. He's damn good. But but I get I don't know. I I'm a little surprised by it, to be honest with you, because Justin Herbert doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Uh, well, yeah, no, it, yeah, he doesn't seem to be the he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that just, you know, doesn't seem to be petty. Right. You know, so if if he's going to do something like this, either it's out of character or there's a legitimate reason behind it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little surprised by it. Boots, Justin Herbert, I, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in football. I think he's a superstar. I do think that he if if he stays with the Chargers, I do honestly think that that he has an opportunity uh still to win a Super Bowl. I think really wherever he goes, he's gonna have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. He's a high end quarterback. Uh, worth every penny. I don't know that he's going to get 50 million or 51 million. I think he's going to wind up getting close to that Dak Prescott money. I mean, I think we're talking about 40 to 45 is about what we're talking about with Justin Herbert. But, you know, again, we, we talked about this last show. When you have a player on a rookie deal that's not, these rookie deals, they, they, they make money on them. But they like the cap hit is not humongous. The, those, especially in those final two years, the cap hit is very, very reasonable. And there is nothing stating in the NFL and in that collective bargain agreement that you can't go ahead and sign a guy to an extension and take that salary bonus and put it into the final two years of his deal, out of his rookie deal, so that the guy is making bigger money in his rookie deal. But when you get into the actual contract itself, his base salary and cap it is lower because you took the advantage of those two years on the, those back end years of his rookie deal. So you take your salary cap and you get it lowered 
it's a win-win there. Well, you know what Justin Herbert is saying? You take that salary cap and you can shove it. Yeah. Because I want to get paid. Yep. Because I produced to get produced enough to get paid. Here's a thing. and then he would get paid. That's the thing. He'd he get will. paid. He'd get paid the the same way. It would just be more money up front. I don't understand why teams don't do this. Sign the man to the big money deal. You're able to take your your uh, um, signing bonuses and you're able to maneuver them throughout that contract however you want. I mean, you can manipulate the salary cap to yeah, you know, to a great extent. The Rams, you know, showed that. Oh yeah. Years ago. Oh yeah. But it, but the thing about Justin Herbert, he is a top 10 QB. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he lacks the elite gene. Ooh. 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 Not elite. I, I think he can be elite. I don't think he can. I think he can. I think he's with the wrong guy. I think Brandon they, Staley is perhaps. terrible. Well, they they brought, they brought in uh, Kellen Moore to be the uh, offensive coordinator. Which I want to see what he can do. And when Kellen Moore was with the Cowboys, as bad as Dak Prescott, well, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you with Dak Prescott. I'm, I'm, he's not the guy. You're but right. when Kellen Moore was there, the offense had been rolling yep. for the Cowboys, no matter who was starting at QB, because we remember Dak did get hurt yep. right, two years ago. So. <laughs> and then we had the experiment with uh, what's-his-face yeah, for four weeks. Nucci and... and uh, Who's the, the kid out of uh, Central? Um, forgetting his name, forgive me. But mm. you get what I'm saying. The offense continued to roll. Right. Right? So you bring that offense, you bring that style to the Chargers. Yeah, that's always – that's who the Chargers have been. Yeah. You know, ever since, you know, back with Dan Fouts in the, in the Air Coriel days. Mm-hmm. Hey, give them a show. We're just going to throw it and we're going to get this ball moving. Philip Rivers continued the tradition, and now Justin Herbert's going to be the next guy to do it. They're going to put up a lot of numbers. They're going to win a lot of games. But when it comes to nut-cutting time, yep. it's Super done. Bowl. Playoffs time. Super Bowl time. Can, 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 you get, can you win the AFC championship? Can you get your team to a bowl? Can you win the bowl? I have not seen Justin Herbert win a must-win game. Yet. Yep. And and Justin Herbert, I think, like like I said, I, I think Herbert's biggest problem and the biggest detractor for him and, and the thing that's holding him back is coaching. I really believe that. I think he's had bad offensive coordinators. I think he's got I, I don't believe in Brandon Staley one bit. I think he is a bum. Yes. I think he's a bum. Some issues with some of his coaching calls. Yeah, I, I question him every time I see him. Uh, Colin plays every time I see the Chargers struggle. I right. go, "What Brandon Staley doing?" But did, didn't he didn't he cost the Chargers an opportunity at the playoffs by tying with the Raiders? Yep. And the Raiders ended up winning the football game. Right. I mean, Brandon Staley is is, is the problem there, and I don't believe that Justin Herbert is the problem. Too Just, much analytics. Yeah, I, I think Staley coaches with using too much analytics yep and and when it comes to brandon staley i mean he's a defensive coordinator former defensive coordinator he's a defensive coach i don't know i don't i think herbert needs to get the proper coach in place to teach him more and develop him more in order to get to that elite level that we're talking about i think he does have the elite gene i just don't think he has the right guidance to tap into that elite gene yet 
And I'm waiting for the moment when it clicks because he's played extremely well in some really tight situations. I mean, you remember he took on the Chiefs. He had that shootout with the Chiefs and, you know, came out, beat the hell out of the Chiefs a couple times, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I want to see Justin Herbert in this Kellen Moore offense. I really do think in that offense he's going to be something special. He sure will. Just yep. won't win. <laughs> I, and, and you know what? A lot of that might be <laughs> might be uh, the Brandon Staley situation. And now if Justin Herbert, let me just food for thought, say Justin Herbert leaves the Chargers and goes elsewhere and, and doesn't take a contract with the Chargers, I truly think that Justin Herbert, without a contract with the Chargers I, I, and, and going elsewhere, I think he could get that tapped in as well. Imagine oh, Justin huge money. Imagine Justin. Imagine Justin Herbert going to a Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Oh. Imagine with that. That's, if, he, if he's still around by that time, but you but you get it. Right. That, that's that's a, that's an interesting proposal. Justin Herbert to Seattle. Imagine something like that. Imagine Justin Herbert going over. I think he would be a good fit for the Colts. I think Justin Herbert would be a good fit there. Imagine Justin Herbert going to the Minnesota Vikings. I could see that with that receiver room over there. Imagine, you know, imagine that. He's, he could fit just about anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And and I think him going those places makes him elevate. Now, don't get me wrong. He is a very good quarterback. He's still very good. But he's... You think he's in Kirk Cousins' land. That's what you think. He's better than Kirk. He's, he's not in Kirk Cousins' land. He's... He's a little better than he's better than Kirk, but he he's not he's not elite. Yeah, you you he's think not, that's, he's not that's, Patrick? He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Jerry. He's not Josh Allen. He's not uh, you know, yeah. I think he's just as good as Josh Allen. Yeah, I do. I do too. <laughs> Here's the thing: Patrick Mahomes is the elite quarterback in the NFL. Like that's right. it. Statement. Well, I, I think, yeah, so it's kind of like a moot point. You can't really make that statement because it's like, no, duh. He's the only one, and and no one is, is on his level. Right. I, I think I think uh, Herbert, he's if he, if he stays with the Chargers, you may be right. I think, I think it might be an organizational thing, and I also do think it's a coaching thing. You know, if he stays with the Chargers, he might be in purgatory. We don't know that. We, we don't know. I, I will say that Justin Herbert played damn well when missing elite, uh, huge weapons. Keenan yeah. Allen, always hurt. Mike Williams, always hurt. And, and Justin Herbert played well in those situations and, and, and got it done. He did. I also think that Justin Herbert going to the proper situation is going to be, I, you know, I, it might be best for him to move away from the Chargers. I've always been a big advocate. I'm a card-carrying member of the Justin Herbert fan club. I, I, I have mm-hmm. always thought highly of Justin Herbert, and I, the organization over there may not be the best fit for him. We're going to find out what Kellen Moore has. We're going to find out what, what he can do for Justin Herbert, and I think Kellen Moore might be the guy with kind of a young mind. Uh, I think – he'll be able to take Herbert to the next level. I really do. And another guy that around the Chargers organization is going to need to be brought to the next level because his trade market was dry. Uh, Chargers running back Austin Eckler says mm-hmm. it's a tough pill to swallow that the trade market was empty for him um, when he went out looking for a trade. Empty. Empty. The Chargers went out and got him to uh, a, a very minor extension. Well, very minor. It wasn't even an extension. A very minor raise and and with a few incentives involved. 
they really walked away with giving him nothing. Just disrespected him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Austin Eckler, I, I've, I liked Austin Eckler for a while. Um, I think the Chargers use him in a way that is much more change of pace at this point, even though he was the better runner than Melvin Gordon back in the day. Uh, it's interesting to see. I, Austin Eckler, do you think he's, he's worth top running back money? I mean, what are we looking at here, Boots? I think Austin Eckler is the second best two-way running back after Christian McCaffrey. Whew. Wow. Austin Eckler has done nothing over the last two years. And people think, oh, he's always hurt. Double-check those numbers. Yeah. Double-check. It, it hasn't been that way in the last two to three seasons. seasons. Yeah. So that notion and that narrative should be squashed. Yeah, yeah, right at this here, point, right now. at this point, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, he has proven his worth. I mean, nobody in that running back room has stepped up to be able to take his spot. They've drafted a few. Right. Right? Justin Jackson and Brian Kelly and, and, and you know, guys like that. And no one has taken over his spot. Right. So that tells me he's the guy. And what it also tells me is that teams aren't valuing the running back position like they should be. Yep. If you have a, especially if you got a guy like Eckler for the trade market to be dry, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't see that. And if, if I were running a team and he wanted to trade, I'm trading, I'm bringing him in. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, he does need help to be, you know, he needs a supporting act with him right. in order to spell him and give him a little bit of rest. But the Chargers haven't found that yet. I think I think the Chargers need they you know they they've experimented with a few guys you know Kalen Balaj and stuff like that and, you know trying to find him a a um, running mate a, a running mate and and more they need more of a big bruiser there because Austin Eckler is not a big man he's he's a smaller running back um, kind of got that almost a Reggie Bush feel to him you know and mm. they need they need a big nasty bruiser that's going to come out and and be able to just pound the line Jamal Williams would have been a great choice. Um, a great choice, yeah. but you know they they need that kind of guy, and and there are or they they need a um, like a Zeke Elliott I think would be a great choice in this situation whether or not they're and and I don't think you're going to be able to I don't think you're going to have to pay huge money to get a guy like Zeke Elliott, but to get him a running mate like you said a, a nasty bruiser pounding in the line kind of guy, it, you, it's it's almost a necessity at this point, and the Chargers have failed to to find that guy. Um, they've, they've messed around with, with some, all these different, these different running backs that haven't been able to take the role and haven't been able to be, he can catch the ball. He, can yeah. blo he blocks, he gets extra yardage. Again, the durability factor has been squashed because yeah. he's been there. Yeah. So I don't know what these teams are thinking. Yeah. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you're right. The, the running back market is not being valued as much as it should be at this point in time. I mean, Running backs have, have sort of become a, a non-premium position, you know, right. and, and that's... That, when you have the right one, it has to be a premium position, and he's one of the right ones. Right, and and that's kind of what we're looking at there. Uh, but Austin Eckler is, is out there. Former running back for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, however, is still out on the free agent market. Says he still wants to play. He may not have any suitors for 2023, though. I mean, there's really high-end running backs that are still on the free agency market. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, et cetera. 
first of all, Alex, does Melvin Gordon get signed? And if so, is there a possible landing spot there? I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. I mean, you just mentioned Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Melvin Gordon. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hear the name Melvin Gordon, and I don't, nothing really comes to mind. You know, uh, I mean, he was in Denver for a hot minute. You know, he was definitely in, in the, in, you know, with Los Angeles, formerly San Diego, uh, you know, for a hot minute. But, you know, if I'm looking for a top, uh, you know, bell cow running back, you know, and, and the name Melvin Gordon comes up, it could, if he does get signed, he gets signed by a low tier, uh, I would probably say AFC South team, yeah. you know, like the, like the Indianapolis Colts or the Houston Texans. Now, granted, you know, they may already have players designated for those roles. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, you know, okay. Or NFC West, you know, God forbid, you know, God knows the Los Angeles Rams need all the help they can get because they don't have anybody like they mortgaged their future for Super Bowl and, uh, and, a, and a, and a, and a, a, a uh, and uh, we're going to stamp the bingo card, a quarterback that's going to need Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. So if, if Los Angeles Rams could probably sign Melvin Gordon and get, a, and get somewhat of a running game set up because they, you know, they have nothing, <laughs> those poor, those poor souls. Well, Alex, I'm glad you mentioned the Rams. I'm glad you did. No, go ahead. Melvin Gordon is a prototypical RB1. I think the injuries to the knees Mm -hmm. have hurt him, but he is still a good productive back, and I think he'll land somewhere again. I mean, this, this running back draft class was excellent. A lot of depth at the running back spots yep. for, the, for the draft. So unless there are some injuries, and, I, and there's always injuries, I think Gordon lands somewhere for, when, when there's a significant injury somewhere. I, I could see the, the Patriots or something. Well, yeah, the, Mel, the thing about Melvin Gordon, <clears throat> he got drafted and he was highly touted, if I'm not mistaken, first-round guy when, when he got drafted. Um, Melvin Gordon went to L.A., and if you remember his first two years in L.A., were horrible with San Diego, really. Yeah. Horrible. He was awful. Um, they changed coaches, got a more run-happy scheme, because if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was drafted during the North Turner era when over there. I yeah. think it was yeah. North's final years over there. But he was bad. It, it, it was just a bad year. I thought he was going to be a stud. It turned out to be bad. And then he had one good year over there. Yeah. And he had the one good year. I think the next year he was hurt, and then they released him to send him free agency. I do not think they picked up his fifth-year option. No, and then he goes to Denver. Then he goes to Denver, and and he produces. I mean, sort of. I mean, it was it was this two-headed thing going on with him and Latavius Murray and and all these other in and out type of running backs. Philip Philip Lindsay. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. He and and Philip Lindsay, if I'm not mistaken, took the starting role from him one season at one point. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Mm-hmm. No, Philip Lindsay took Uh-oh. the starting role from him. Austin Eckler took the starting role from him. Philip Lindsay took the starting role. Yeah, and but, I, I but who they keep? 
Well, Philip Lindsay obviously got hurt and whatever else. Who they keep? And the Melvin Gordon. Yeah, All right, and then yeah. and then what? Yeah. But then what they do? What they do? They drafted Javante. Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they went and got Javante Williams. So I mean, it's, and, I, and the fumbles hurt him too. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of I, and, and the thing is, w- when he first came out in the draft, I was touting Melvin Gordon as, you know, I was like, this guy's gonna be great. I thought he was gonna be the best running back out of that draft class, and I ate those words. So now I'm mad at Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. because he made me go, um, you know, uh, he made he, you look bad. Yeah, he made me look bad. He he burned me. Yeah. Melvin Gordon burned me. Um, but yeah, Melvin Gordon burned me, you know, in the, in these situations. And, and I'm, I'm like, it, it made me look bad. So I'm a little iffy on Melvin Gordon, but I don't, I think Melvin Gordon, I don't know that, that he is RB one material. I think he's RB two. And, and I, we're, I'm talking as far as maybe even being middle of the road RB two. No, I mean, I'm, I'm as far as prototypical size, oh speed, yeah. yeah, strength, you know, all of those factors, and he can catch the ball a little bit too. So yeah, RB one from a yeah, yeah. If you're looking at him, you think this guy's going to be a stud. Yeah, yeah. And and Alex, I I'm excited here. This is this is the the story I I was excited about with you, um, because you did mention the Rams, and uh, this is one I get fired up for. The Rams have officially signed running back Sony Michelle to a deal, one-year contract. Not a back. <laughs> Sony Michelle is back with the Rams. Back with the Rams. So, and, and Boots, I don't. You weren't here at the time, and and uh, you weren't involved in our our fantasy football fiasco. Um, and and it takes some explaining here. Tyler was very adamant that Sony Michelle was not a starting running back in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Sony Michelle came out and if if you remember during the 2021 season, during the last 8 games of the 2021 season, fantasy fantasy wise and in the NFL in general, nobody played better at the yeah. running back position than yeah. Sony yeah, Michelle. That, yeah, <laughs> he looked like he looked at Georgia when he was at Georgia and everybody said, "Oh, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, who Sonny Michelle has got, he's that guy. Yep, yep. And then it never happened. And then he, out of nowhere. At the out end. of nowhere. <laughs> and we were like, Cam yeah. Akers goes down, here comes Sonny Michelle. And Tyler was so mad, so that's why we referred to Sonny Michelle as not a starting running back, Sonny Michelle. <laughs> um, he, he's been re-signed by the Rams, very excited about that. Now I know where uh, to put my fantasy, uh, you know, draft picks in very late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seventh round pick, eighth round pick. Oh, no, later that would be 14th round. It's Sony Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so if, I was very happy to see that. But Sony Michelle, back with the Rams. I hope everybody's as excited about that as I am. <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> Everybody else listening to this is going, what? <laughs> it's it's one of those little little things in life that makes me so happy to All break right. in Tyler's balls like that a little bit. That's a little. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a, a thing here. Uh, also, Dalvin Cook, you know, uh, he's exploring different things. Miami seems to be on his radar. Dalvin Cook going to Miami. I feel like that's a really crowded running back room. 
if Dalvin oh, yeah. up in Miami. Raheem Mostert's over there. You got the other cat that just came from San Francisco. He's over there. Uh, was it Wilson? Jeff Wilson. Yep. So, and now we're talking about the potential of Dalvin Cook in Miami. And they drafted Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M. Right. Speed runner. But, again, you're looking at, it's almost like the Buffalo Bills. You're looking at a room full of number twos. Right, right. right? You, you go out and pick up. But, you know, are they, I guess the question about those guys is, are they number twos because, uh, are they t- actually number twos because of the fact that they're over there in that McDonald's system that they perform so well in? They're they're number twos because I can explain body type, the way that they run, mm-hmm. the the injury issues, the not not physical. They're not uh, they don't have the the I hate using the word physicality, but I'm trying to find something else there. They're not as physical of a runner that you need when you're talking about, hey, I need, uh, again, fourth and inches, go get it. Right. Right. They don't have that. And Raheem Mostert, he's got that, he's got that mindset, but durability and availability is a skill. And for some time in his career, he has not been available. Now, you could say some of the same things about Dalvin Cook, but I'll take Dalvin Cook 10 times out of 10 oh, over yeah. Jeff Wilson, over Raheem Mostert, over you know, Devon Ancient. Yeah, because even if Dalvin plays 14 games, you know you're going to get uh, right. huge numbers and, and, and big hope, plays out of him. And you hope, they're, you hope they're not the last two that he misses. Right, right, right. right. But um, also, running backs that were, were out there right now, ex-Jaguars and now ex-Jets running back. James Robinson was released and also now ex-Patriots running back. Released by the Patriots just three months after signing with the team. <sighs> Prized by this, I look, I've talked about uh, uh, James Robinson in the past, and, and this is always going to be one of these signings and and releases and the, a guy that keeps getting let go and I will never understand it. It reminds me so much. I was telling Boots off here. It reminds me so much of Alfred Morris. This screams Alfred Morris. You know the the guy went out and he's he's having great years and and suddenly nobody wants to roll with him. Yeah. On a discount. You're well, you're getting him on a discount. All he's been has been productive when yeah. he's been on the field. It's insanity to me. I, I don't I don't get it. It it doesn't make sense. It, it's very Alfred Morris, though. Alfred Morris went and, you know, he, he was the league leader in rushing for two years straight, goes over to Dallas and gets stuck at fourth on their depth chart. You know, James Robinson, he is a starting caliber running back. He is. Hey, Chargers. Right. There's your, there's There's your, your running back. There's your guy. I mean, it's just it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, it, it's just insanity to me that that teams in this league don't put more stock in a guy like James Robinson. I would sign that man in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would. I would have him signed to a contract. You can get him on a discount. You know, you can. You know, that's you could go and get him for two million a year and be, be yep. good to go. Yeah. Good to go. Your cap is narrow, not even affected. It just doesn't make sense. And, and then you're going to get good production. If you need a running back, you're getting good production. You know he's going to I – mean, he can run in the trenches. He can lower the shoulder and pop guys. He can, yeah. He'll can. he get you that that two yards that you want. I mean, like, he'll get everything that you want. I don't understand. Alex, help me make sense of James Robinson. I don't know. I don't know if I can. 
uh, because <laughs> it re- it requires a modicum of common sense that apparently NFL head coaches and GMs don't have. You know, we how how much have we talked about last season about how he was on he was on the Jaguars bench, he got let go, then he got signed to the Jets, and okay. Uh, Brees Hall goes down. Okay, time for James Robinson to start t- turning on those rocket skates. Nope. <laughs> he, he hits, he sits on the bench. And, and uh, get the privilege of watching Michael Carter take a dump in the middle of the field. Exactly. You know, it, and, you know, the, you know, the Jets, you know, either back their way into the playoffs or I don't know if they made the playoffs last year. I don't think they did. Barely missed. But, they barely missed, right? You get you put James Robinson on the field, you're going to get seven seed at 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 least. You could probably you could have probably popped six. Now you're sitting. Now you you go to a division rival in the New York in New England Patriots, and you know who needs who needs running a running game of their own. Damian Harris skipped town, so you know. Hey, that's a great. Nope, we're going to let him go. I don't understand. I don't understand it either. You know, and and granted, I mean, the Patriots do have Ramadre Stevenson over there, who's who's a damn good running back, but there are durability issues there with Ramadre Stevenson as well. He's not an RB1. Yeah, and so now we're talking about, okay, well, what if you had Ramadre Stevenson and then you had James Robinson backing him up? That makes the most sense to me. I mean, James Robinson was a healthy scratch a lot of weeks yeah. in, uh, in New York, and now the Patriots getting rid of him. It seems... Unless they know something that we don't, maybe there's a health issue concern, mm-hmm. you know, because he did have that uh, torn ACL. So, yeah, thinking about, you know, could it be something, you know, the ghost of the, you know, torn ligament pass. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I just I look at this situation and I go, James Robinson, and that's another thing. After the ACL tear, he was still sharing carries with with uh, at one point with uh, uh, the next season with Travis Etienne, Travis and yeah. he looked better at that point than Travis Etienne at certain sure times. So I, I just, I got questions about it. I, I think this is just a silly, silly thing for them to be doing. Uh, other running backs that are, are dealing with contract stuff, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, hopeful for an extension before the beginning of the season. He says it's kind of on the Colts now. Um, Jonathan Taylor, no doubt an extension, no doubt big running back money, boots, Tell me about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this is this is RB one money, right? This is this is without a doubt top running back in the league money. Am I am I wrong there? Absolutely, Jonathan Taylor coming from Wisconsin, from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. same same school where the built. where the running backs are apparently built. Yeah, right. That's it. It's just a factory. They got them, you know, coming out. Uh, right Must on be the, all that cheese. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what about, they come out on a conveyor belt. They drop him right into the team bus. I I love Jonathan Taylor as, as a player. Uh, he's got open field speed. He, he's shifty. He can block. He can. Uh, he, he showed an ability to catch the football better than I thought he did, but he didn't show a whole lot at Wisconsin because, you know, they didn't throw the ball to the backs at Wisconsin right. at all. But he showed another level to his game. So I go, I go off uh, what Emory Hunt says. You don't draft a running back in the first round you draft the running back so and they just so happened to get him in the second round yeah yeah and you know the first round talent got to the first or second round i I believe he deserves it they're probably again looking at him missing a a significant portion of the season last year with an injury 
but you can't, you know, that can't be your, the only factor that you look at. I think that's, that's probably what he's, you know, what they're, they're thinking. Yeah. And to be fair to him missing that time, I mean, I think the Colts kind of realized at a certain point, well, our season's over with, I'm not going to kill this poor guy. Yeah. You know, it was probably pretty smart. That's your bell cow. Yeah. That's your moneymaker right now. And, and, you know, I'm not, if I'm the Colts, I'm not going to stick him out on the field and be like, all right, Jonathan, go try and win us some football games. Yeah. No, no, our, our season's well over with. Make sure he's healthy. Let's get a top high draft pick. You know, they're having those meetings. Right. And, and that's, that was one of those big things. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. He's going to get paid some of the biggest money in the league for a running back um, this, this year. I, I, without a doubt. Uh, also, in negotiations, the Giants currently negotiating with Saquon Barkley. They, Barkley has not ruled out sitting out for the 2023 season as a holdout. Uh, if he does that, the Giants, I, I think their season's done. If, if that yeah. happens. Yeah. If you want to put that whole thing on uh, Daniel Jones's arm. Yeah, no. No, thanks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Saquon's another guy. See, I have questions about Saquon because – I don't know that he's durable enough to get that Jonathan Taylor money. I think he's impactful. I think he is. is impactful. That's a great word. Impactful. I, I think when he's healthy, Saquon Barkley is arguably top five, maybe even top three running back in the game. But when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley and he's hurt as often as he is, I don't know. I don't know that I'm willing to pay him Jonathan Taylor money. Somebody will. Somebody right. And well, is, isn't that the problem with drafting a running back so high and then finding out that he gets injured? Yeah. You I know, think, what, three overall, I, I think it was. I, I mean, believe so. Yes. He, he was the number three pick. Uh, you know, there were talks at the time where Chase Young would have been drafted to the Giants. Right. You know, at, he ended up going to Washington. Uh, you know, so what, you know, I think, you know, the, the question has always come up. You're trying to pay uh, a non premium position premium money. You know, that's what he's wanting. He's wanting premium money, but the fact is he's, he was hurt. You know, yes, he's impactful, but at the same time, were you available? Yeah. The answer is no. Yeah. Availability and reliability. That, that's that's one thing we always talk about. Boots, Saquon, you you think he's worth the, the giant contract or no? Well, pardon the pun. I think he's he's worth a significant contract just may not be with the Giants. Yeah. Because it seems like they're reticent. They're they're set on giving this thing over to Daniel Jones. If that's the case, then you gotta get Barkley out of town. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, they did give Daniel Jones his big extension and and hey, more power to him. Uh but they're I, not I, gonna do that for Barkley. Yeah. I don't see it. I, I have a feeling that with this Barkley situation, I think Barkley is wanting, you know, 15 million, 16 million, uh, you know, top running back money. But Barkley's availability makes me want to go, I'll give you 11 or 12. And that's kind of where I'm at on, on Saquon. If I'm the Giants, if we can't strike that deal, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to tag you. And then I'm going to go, okay, let's deal with you. That's probably what, he's, what uh, uh, the, the future, that's probably a future. He's going to get tagged, and then, yeah, know. they'll deal him. But, I, I mean, Saquon, he's he's looking for that big money. We're going to see how that works out. 
Uh, also, the Bengals have some issues around the uh, – well, had some issues. Not anymore, though. We talked about last show, Jonah Williams. He requested a trade from the team amid the Bengals picking up Ronnie Stanley. Uh, the Bengals' Jonah Williams is now backing off of that trade request. He presented with the team with a, a couple weeks back uh, after the signing of Ronnie Stanley. Um, Jonah Williams, I, I think he's actually been uh, quite underrated. Uh, to be yeah, honest with you, he's been very good. And and now the the Bengals have a situation where they have this surplus of offensive tackles. Uh, <laughs> hey, ask Joe Burrow if he minds. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, Jonah Williams uh, looks like he'll be sticking around, but I think after this season, I think he might be a free agent. Wait, am I missing that? Am I wrong there? I might be wrong there. I'm not sure, but I do know this: he's uh, productive at a position, and it's a position of need. Mm-hmm. And you can only get better. I mean, Ronnie Stanley is a good player, but right. you you keep your quarterback protected. You keep your investment because when when Joe Burrow got sacked and 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 he comes up limping and he misses all that, there the the office has got to be their stomach was in their throats and they were probably so angry that they didn't do what I suggested they do. We're not going to go back and, and rehash that. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a move to continue to solidify your offensive line, nothing wrong with that, and protect your key investment. Right. Um, also, when it comes to uh, uh, Ronnie Stanley's former team, the Chiefs, they're currently in contract talks with defensive lineman Chris Jones. Brett Veach says he feels good about the contract negotiation. Alex, Chris Jones is a no-brainer for the Chiefs. Uh, that defensive line needs Chris Jones. I mean, you you, you lost Frank Clark to Denver. Yep. You need Chris Jones. And I think Chris Jones was a monster this past offseason. Uh, uh, for post- sure. In the postseason, I have never seen <laughs> – there have been very few defensive players that I've seen that disruptive. Yeah. Uh, just Wow. It's a staple of that uh, Steve Spagnolo defensive line scheme that we saw way back when the Giants gave the Patriots so much trouble. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Alex Chris Jones, I he's worth every no. penny. Slam dunk, absolutely. Yep. You know, instrumental in your super, in their Super Bowl win last year. You know, you you, you got you got to have those big nasty uh, beefy guys up on the line. And yep. uh, Frank Clark is a significant loss. So you don't want to lose Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Then, then you start. Then it's like, okay, you're you're going from possible Super Bowl contender to you're going to make it to the AFC Championship game, but your defense is going to cost you the title. Yeah, and that's that was a pretty common thing with the Chiefs for a minute there. Yeah, their George, defense. George Karloff, this is a, a very good defensive end. Mm-hmm. He's not Chris Jones level. No. And he's he doesn't bring the type of game that Chris Jones can bring and disrupt and, and get around and get to the quarterback. That's not Karloftis's game. He's. Uh, I think the hope with Karloftis was that he was going to be able to fill in in that Frank Clark role, and mm-hmm. and I I don't think he's capable of doing that. I think Karloftis is going to be a really good player. I yeah. like George Karloftis a lot. Yeah, out of Purdue there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but um, I like Karloftis a lot. I think that, and, and last year he played pretty well. I, I just don't, he's not Frank Clark. 
No. He's not not by any stretch. You, you know, the, Chris Jones. Yeah, so yeah. You better pay Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones, they, they, they liked having that Karloftis on one end, Clark on the other end, Jones up the middle, because Jones is just such a fucking beefy guy. And I, like I said, I, I don't recall a time where I saw <laughs> defensive linemen and a defensive player be that disruptive in the playoffs the way that Chris Jones was this past year and yeah. dominant. Yeah, I mean, he just threw quarterbacks around like it was nobody's business. Uh, people yeah. couldn't handle him. It was very, very Howie Long, really, <laughs> really was. So, I wow, mean, that's a that's a hell of a comparison. Yeah, yeah, it was very Howie Long. So uh, that is going on. Uh, also, and Alex, you'll be interested in this one. Lions linebacker coach Kelvin Shepard says that first rounder Jack Campbell is no lock to start the, the rookie season um, as a starter. So. I, I think Jack Campbell should be a starter. I think Jack Campbell is probably one of the best linebackers that the Lions have currently. I, yes. I the top one or two, frankly. And I think he is a tremendous talent. You don't spend first round draft picks if you're not going to start the man. That's true. Now, granted, uh, and, and, and think, didn't we get Campbell in the second round? Nope, first round, late first round, early. Okay, that's right. Yes, it was early twenties. I remember now because you know because the very first pick the Lions had, they got Jameer Gibbs. Actually, and no, for late teens you got him. It was what pick eighteen, right? Yeah, it was six and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you so if you're gonna draft so if you're gonna draft a linebacker like you know like like Jack Campbell, you know, start the man. Start him. What 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 are we doing here? Yep. I mean, what what was the what was the narrative all last year that the the, the Detroit needed to beef up the defense? Because you know, I, you know the secondary for sure, because their secondary was practically non-existent. I mean, yes, you have Hutch, yes, you have uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, but now that now if you have Jack, you add Jack Campbell to the mix, you know, you got a better chance of you know getting to the quarterback. You got a better chance of you know disrupting the line. You know, Campbell, important stuff like that. Jack Campbell is notoriously good at sniffing out screenplays. He really is. He is like a hitting guys and and really being able to watch the pass and watch a play develop he is a, a like that guy and the lions mm-hmm. torched on so many outside zones and so many screenplays all last year you know jack campbell's the guy jack campbell is a, he's also very good at uh covering the middle of the field yep. you know on those seam routes and they're going to see a lot of them when you're talking about the packers with uh uh, Luke Musgrave, mm-hmm. uh, one of that that uh, seam pattern. Um, also, here's the thing: we didn't talk about Derek Barnes. We didn't talk about Alex Anzalone or James Houston. The linebacker room might just be that good to where, yeah, we spent this first round draft capital on a guy, but these other guys are playing better. And what would you rather have? Would you rather just pay, or excuse me, play the first rounder that you drafted? Or are you going to play the best players on the team? I'm not entirely sold on Barnes. Well, here's the thing: the 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 his teammates have commented on how on how well he's transitioned from his rookie year into this. Mm. You're looking at, you know, Rodriguez playing very well. It could just be oh. these guys are better right now than where Campbell is at. I I feel like you're wasting a first rounder. And, I really. And, but here's the thing. 
what if you have to move on from Anzalone? What if you have to move on from one of those guys? Hey, or somebody gets hurt, God forbid, you still have your first rounder there yeah. to come in. You know, if if he's in a rotation, there's nothing wrong with that either. No, I don't mind him being in rotation. I just I look at it and I go, this guy should be a starter. I, I see I from what I've seen, everything I've I've seen of him, that's a starter. That's a starter. He's got star- here's the thing, he's got starter potential, but has he shown it in practice? And yeah. and again, are the other guys just better at this point? I don't know. <laughs> and and if they, you know, I'll put it this way: if if those guys were better, uh-huh. and if they actually were better, the Lions wouldn't have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Well, they mm. that defense played better towards the end of the season, kept right. players out the playoffs, <clears throat> yep. and. and you know, they're, they feel really good about the unit that they have this season. They made some fantastic draft. Oh, they did. Brian Branch. Oh, my goodness yeah. gracious. It gives you everything that you want in somebody in the secondary. You got Josh Pascal, the defensive end, who was hurt a little bit, uh, a little bit last year. But, again, you, you, the, the Detroit defense can take a major step forward this season. And that linebacking core could be a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Jack Campbell. No. <laughs> and um, but yeah, Jack Campbell. Uh, Alex, Jack Campbell. You you think he should be a starter or no? You know, he definitely should be given the opportunity. I mean, Boots does uh, offer you know a solid argument. If there are other players on the defensive uh, squad that are performing better in practice and in minicamp, which again doesn't compare to Sunday doesn't compare to game day. You know, I, I, you know, I've always been a firm believer of I'll believe it when I see it, you know? So there's a risk in that, you know, you, you put the guy, you, you put the guy in, uh, and, and he turns out to be a bust, then it's a problem. But, uh, if he's not then awesome and you, you don't get to find that out until you put the man in and, and give him a shot, you know, I say, give him a shot. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. You spent the first round capital on him. I draft a guy in the first round with the expectation that he is going to start. Understood. True. However, there's other people on the team. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Such a waste. Such a waste. I'm just saying. Speaking of, of guys getting wasted, uh, the Saints are looking to expand quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, We'll just call him offensive weapon. Taysom Hill's role as a receiver. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Taysom Hill. I don't understand sometimes the Taysom Hill dilemma. He's an enigma at this point, right? Wrapped inside of a middle riddle inside yeah, of a mystery. I, 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 I just, I never understand. Taysom Hill and and how he's utilized and how teams look at him and 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 how the Saints look at him and how they're using him and how they're utilizing him. He is the most confusing player in the entire NFL to me. I mean, I and and now you want to expand him as a receiver, even though he was effective at the tight end position. He was effective at the court. Like like, why are you trying to make him an outside receiver? Like. You should be taking him and just you keeping him in the role that he's in because he's still so effective in that role. Well, I don't know if that's the the 
exactly defined thing that they want to do. I think they just want to put, you know, put a little bit more on this plate. I mean, Get maybe a few routes here and there to be able to expand or not expand, but to continue the offense growing. Right. And uh, using using him as as a weapon, like you said, just a just an offensive weapon. It, there's no he doesn't have a position, but he's just an offensive weapon. If he can line up in the backfield. You know, and, 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 and run the Wildcat, so to speak, or guess what? He still can throw. Yeah, right? it's 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 kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. You know, and I feel like they're trying to fix something that's not broken. I can see that. <laughs> but I can also see. We need to get him the ball even more. So why not just, you know, add a couple more routes to his tree? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Alex, do you like Taysom Hill uh, being more in a receiver role? I mean, <laughs> look, if it's going to get if it's going to get the Saints to win some football games, sure. I mean, I mean, to have to have a Swiss Army knife like this, uh, you, you would think that having a Swiss Army knife as a football player, it would be tremendous. Uh, but you know, the tone and set that we're getting here is that, you know, this, it sounds like this guy is a Jack of all trades, master of none. And, and I think that, I think part of the problem there is, you know, you need, you need specialists at every position. You know, you need a guy that is a wide receiver. You need a guy that is a quarterback. You need a guy that is a running back. You, you, You don't, I mean, if you, if you get a guy that can be all of those things, you know, great. I mean, if you can make it work, great. But at the same time, it's like you at some point you got to figure out how to put people that are those designated positions because that's how every other team does it. Yeah, yeah. It's it it. I almost feel like he shouldn't be like the the Don Kelly of <laughs> of the Saints. <laughs> he reminds me of Percy Harvin. Yeah, he reminds me if, if Percy Harvin could throw the football. He, it'd be Percy Harvey. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, also around the league, uh, Jets safety, Chuck Clark. We just got done touting him and being very excited about the Jets getting him from the Ravens on such a discount. Mm. Yeah, he's set to miss the 2023 season after he uh, an MRI confirmed that he's torn his ACL and OTAs. Uh, Chuck Clark, um, you know, the, the Jets didn't spend a lot to get him, which is good. But, man, Chuck Clark, he was so good for Baltimore. You come over, we expected big things for him. It, the yeah. Jets can't catch a break in these situations, can they? Nope. It, it, it it's never seems to be that way. We're waiting for the Jets to catch a break, and they just never do. These guys, they come in, they get hurt, they underperform, whatever else. Like, help, mm. <laughs> somebody help the Jets, please. You know, no, I don't think they're for the Jets. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you got, I mean, you got Zach Wilson over there who's, you know, busy or too busy playing MILF Hunter these days. Uh, I mean, you, you got Brees Hall coming back. You got Garrett Wilson and you have sauce, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, having Chuck Clark added to that defense would have only bolstered their chances and well, so much for that. Yeah. Uh, it, Boots, you were saying it's an organizational thing? Look, Brees Hall never missed a game at yeah. Iowa State. Never. Right. Saw him on the field every – I watched a lot of, of, of Iowa State. Never missed a game, Brees Hall did. Gets to the Jets. ACL. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You've got Zach Wilson. Everybody loves Zach Wilson. Well, 
maybe not everybody, but I know the Jets loved him enough to draft him in the first round and look at what happened. Right. It's it, and, and the uh, the offensive uh, tackle, uh, big fella, uh, Makai Becton. Yeah. You know he always hurt. Big big man ran that that 40 and everybody said who is this guy yep. right the jet strap what happened always hurt it's a it's an organizational thing man and they went after the one of the most controversial players in the game at at this point you know to go go leave them in, in Aaron Rodgers yeah so again yeah here comes it, it, it's a Jets thing bro and I feel bad I feel sorry for for Chuck Clark and I hope he you know recovers and you know, it gets you think, back. You think it has you, you instead of the Madden's curse, it's the New York Jets curse with a curse of Namath. A long time. They were cursed before Madden, brother. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, speaking of our favorite uh, favorite uh, quarterback who has a hippie girlfriend, uh, I don't know if this li- news story made your list, but I'm looking at it and I think it's interesting. Um, Aaron Rodgers apparently is pushing for the acceptance of psychedelics. NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers was among a wide-ranging lineup of speakers at a psychedelics conference in Denver this week and advocated for the legalization of psychedelics by discussing his own experiences. Apparently, it's got something to do with this drug uh, called, uh, what the hell is it? Ayahuasca. Sounds like like an ant. Ayahuasca. He went on a big ayahuasca trip last year uh, in the offseason. And uh, he was basically high for three days. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> and apparently he said, he, oh, I took that stuff and he basically doubled his production and he became MVP. Uh, you know, the previous year, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. We had a good season. Ayahuasca, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, MVP. What are you going to say? Um, <laughs> you didn't make the playoffs, though, yeah. did yeah. you? <laughs> I just I have I have questions about they Aaron did. Rodgers. They just yeah, well, fell at the finish line. Yeah, they they uh, as, usual, yeah. as usual as yeah. usual fell at the finish line. He had his opportunity. He had the ball in his hand at the end of the game. Go get it done. That's what I need for my QB. He didn't do it. That well, that's and, because he was on the field tripping on ayahuasca. But uh, uh, <laughs> and Kirby and Kirby Joseph had a lot to say about that too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, elsewhere around the NFC East, uh, or I'm sorry, AFC East, rather, uh, page, th- then it's time for, for our dumb shit of the day. We're, we're just going to, uh, our, our group of dumb shits. We have, we have dumb shit going on all over the league, as usual. We'll start mm-hmm. out with the Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. He's currently under investigation for alleged assault and battery from June 18th. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill... Uh, you know what? It, this this is going to wind up in an early season suspension, right? I mean, just you generally this this stuff. No matter what, if it, if it says assault and battery next to your name, ninety nine times out of hundred, they're handing down some suspensions. And now this is the third time something like that has popped up for Tyreek. Right? Um, could it be? I I heard it said that he should not be in Miami. Should not be in his old stomping ground, shouldn't, shouldn't be there, shouldn't play there. Right. And spend the majority of his time there. And maybe this is why. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek, this is going to be suspensions, I think, all day. Um, and also, uh, Patriots corner Jack Jones, who we we loved. Uh, Jack Jones. Jack Jones charged in an incident 
Washington in Logan International Airport, in which he allegedly attempted to take two guns onto a plane. He has pleaded not guilty to that. Mm. Um, dumb shits of the day. Uh, do you think Jack Jones remains with the Patriots? Because the Patriots, notoriously, I mean, unless you're going to massage parlors in Florida, they do not uh, stand for that type of stuff, generally speaking. Yeah, you lay down for that. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Jack Jones, I mean, do, do you think he remains with the Patriots? If so, I mean, this is going to wind up likely being a suspension as well. Uh, and what if he, wouldn't it be interesting if Jack Jones ended up on the do not fly list? Mm. On the no fly list? Surprise me. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you got to take the team bus everywhere. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Um, you got you got you got to take the clip out of the gun, and you have to you know pack it. You have to check it in with your luggage. You you can't take it on the plane. My thing is, is what in the hell does a guy like that, that rich, probably surrounded by bodyguards and shit, what in the hell does he need to be walking around with guns anyway? No, like I mean, we, we had the same situation a few years ago. I thought it might have been Frank Clark. He had a, an Uzi in the back seat of the car. What yeah. the hell do you need an Uzi for? Because you, because one day you might end up playing in Cleveland. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Protect yourself. No, seriously, these guys are millionaires, a lot of them, and wanting to live a whatever lifestyle they think they should live. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. If there's one, it's one thing to protect yourself, but you also have to know the rules. Yeah, you know when you're doing these types of things. Looking at you, Mozzie Snow. So <laughs> when you, I, I just put it like this. put it like this, as as Walker said. I was just recently traveling on a plane, and at the airport, I was told by TSA, "Hey, you need to go this way for additional screening." I damn near dropped a brick in my drawers, <laughs> right? And so I can't imagine what Jack Jones might be going through right now. Right. So good luck. Yeah. yeah and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that that's um, just, uh, that's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. I, I don't understand it. Dumb they shit. just swabbed my shoes, by the way. Oh, did they? Yeah. You want to make sure you didn't have anything in your shoes? That was the additional. Oh, just these feet. Okay. <laughs> That's all I had. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, um, uh, on the news stories, NFL team owners were notified on Thursday of a meeting for July 20th to consider and potentially vote on the final sale of the commander's ownership transaction, uh, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, you know, this one is... Uh, kind of exciting. We've been hoping and praying for Dan Snyder to be removed, and it could finally happen. So I think it's likely to happen, to be honest with you. This this comes down to a league vote. Uh, Commander's new ownership, I think this is good for the league as a whole, right? I think it's a, this will destroy the Commander's season. They're going to be terrible, awful, dreadful, Horrible this year. Why? Really? Oh man, there's there's too much too much upheaval. There's too much going on off of the field that is ridiculous and outlandish, and it's going to be reported on. And players going to get asked about it. And 
and all of these things of transition and ownership and there's court there's there's litigation going on and stuff behind the scenes and now you've got you know players like Chase Young come who knows if if, if he's going to be with the team right right with with that whole situation there's upheaval at the quarterback position yep. first yep. you know yeah we're just going to have uh, Sam Howell be our guy he's our guy before they snapped it they before they snapped the ball in practice that's what Ron Rivera says. Sam Howell's our guy. Here comes now uh, 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 Jacoby Brissett. Yep. Right. And now it, there could be a QB battle. So a much you got all of this stuff going on. It's not going to translate to positive results on the field. Do you think it's the Commanders just, are going to end up being bottom of the barrel? Five wins. Oof. Six. Oof. 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 And that's that one is. Uh, uh, a brutal, brutal assessment there. Now, Boots, uh, that's our news around the league. Boots, I know that you have a uh, a preview going on here. You've got some bets that you want to throw out there as Mr. Bootleg better. Oh. Yep. Oh. And, and uh, I want to jump into that. Uh, Boots, take it away, man. Let me let me uh, hear what you got going on. Well, here's the thing. We uh, we hear we, – we hear – on, on this podcast, we do not advocate uh, wagering your mortgage or your <laughs> right. no your water bill payment. Please your bet responsibly. Electric bill payment <laughs> or anything else. We just we're talking about some of the money that you've earned, and you're just gonna send a little out somewhere. Maybe you get a little bit back. We're not talking about taking food off of your plate with these wages. You understand me? Yeah, please, please, folks, bet responsibly. Right. We're crazy. Right? We're not millionaires here. You're not going to retire off of this. Possibly you could. Here's the thing. If you want to make thousands of dollars on one wager, you're probably going to have to wager at least $1,000. So, you know, so you got that just hanging around and you want to try to do that, go ahead. Let me tell you something. The best, better, the most, the professional gamblers out there in Vegas, the the pros only hit about 53% of their uh, bets and that's enough to sustain them but they are getting uh, washed out too because they're getting limits placed on them on how much they can wager from the casinos these sports books they're looking at guys and they're saying oh you're gonna take me for 250 grand no not again this year you're only allowed to bet so much at this particular sports book so now these pros are gonna have they've got guys doing running for them placing wagers for them so that they're going to cut them in. Hey, go place this wager for me, and I'll cut you in at you know seven percent or five or whatever percent they decide to give the the person that's going to place the wager for them. So we're not trying to, like I said, retire here. We're just trying to, you know, maybe you want to take your wife out so for a steak dinner, right? Maybe you would just want something else in in, in the uh, in in the family pot. Yeah, get a little extra cheese on the that's, whopper. That's it, yep. right? That's what we're doing. Yeah. But I'm, I was just looking over some uh, previewing, if you will, the Big Ten and the MAC uh, schedules and the Big Ten and, and the MAC wagering on DraftKings, mm-hmm. on the DraftKings uh, sportsbook. Now, I was looking at a bunch of these games over the last week, and I'm seeing seeing the future. So let's see if we can pull some of the some of the future 
to us in the present, right? <laughs> Go reach out into the ether and pull the future uh, towards us. I I stick to the MAC and the Big Ten conference in these in these college games because we we want to we want to just be a little closer to home. And we want to just understand what we're we're doing. We're not trying to go national here. We're just we're keeping the local. Yeah. You know, we're keeping the focused here on the uh, with the with the MAC ten and 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 the Big Ten. So the first game, August twenty seventh, or excuse me, August twenty sixth. You've got Ohio on the road plus four at San Diego State. Now we'll go through these games and in, in a little closer to uh, game time kickoff, and we're actually going to wager these things together on this podcast. I would I take wanna... San Diego State all day long. You would take San Diego State? Yes, I would. Minus four at, at the house. We'll, yeah. we'll go through it. Ohio is one of the best MAC teams. Ohio is one of the best MAC teams uh, in the conference. They're actually favored to, to win uh, the conference. They got mm-hmm. a quarterback who's coming back off an injury. They've got one of the top receivers. Like I said, but uh, – I'm thinking I'm I'm leaning Ohio, but we're gonna we're gonna hey. move on, right? Also, August 31st, we got Kent State plus 34 and a half on the road at Central Florida. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, talk about sounds it. like they're gonna get blown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on August 31st, there's Nebraska plus seven and a half at Minnesota. Okay, mm, that'll be a good matchup. Yeah, September first, yep. you got Miami, Ohio, plus seventeen and a half on the road as they go to Miami, Florida. Oh, yeah, that's uh, I. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Miami, Ohio, they're it's still pretty good, but we're just gonna try, try Seven, to move 17, 17 and a half. Yeah, that, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and, and and Miami's breaking in a new offensive coordinator. We'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, Central Michigan also on September first, they travel to East Lansing to take on the Spartans as 14-and-a-half-point dogs, right? Mm, that might be – yeah, that, you know what? That might not be a bad bet to, to make. You know, I, 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 I can say – I can think – I can see Sparty pulling the win out, but it's definitely going to be close. It might be a touchdown, just a touchdown. Yeah. You can take – t- I could probably take those points. There's, there's problems in East Lansing. Yeah. Questions <laughs> to be answered, right? Yep. Now, September 2nd, Northern Illinois, 10.5-point dog on the road at Boston College. I don't know who Boston College is to be laying 10.5 to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Northern Illinois is very good. Yep. You might might have them just win the game outright. Yeah, I'm thinking that could be a possibility. Might be a money line. Yeah. Utah State, plus 20.5 on the road at Iowa. You'll have a new quarterback in Iowa, Mm -hmm. Kay McNamara. New offense, so interesting. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about old McNamara there. Yeah, I don't uh, know either. Yeah, September second, thirty six and a half point dogs are East Carolina as they go to the Big House to take on Michigan. Michigan, mm. I feel like Michigan's going to bollywop them. You, you they should. <laughs> should, but there's a couple of key key elements. You you don't have the kicker and you don't have your punter. So you're talking about field position battle. You Maybe, don't have Moody. Exactly. He's gone, and, and so there's a there's some hidden yardage advantage that could be had by East Carolina. Yeah. But we'll move on. 
September 2nd, Ball State plus 26 and a half as they go on the road to take on Kentucky. No Will Levis at Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Fresno well. six point dogs on the road at Purdue. That might be a bet to take. It's yep. uh, an afternoon kick. Fresno State would have been the would have been the pick if they didn't lose their quarterback and, and top three receivers. Yeah, so that's true. We're, 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 yeah. We'll see where we're at when we come closer to kickoff. All right, Bowling Green, 12-and-a-half-point dogs on the road at Liberty. Liberty. Yeah, I was going to say Liberty. Oh. <laughs> oh. September 2nd, Akron, 10-point dogs on the road at Temple. Might be a good one. Now, I could probably, I could, I could see that being a three-point game. I could see it yeah. too. All right, Ohio State twenty-eight-point favorites on the road at Indiana. At Indiana? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know something. Um, <sighs> if it if it if it was any other team than Indiana, I would say you know get get out the mop buckets. You might as well, uh, you know, you might as well just grab the body bags. I seriously believe that Indiana is a sleeper team in the Big Ten. I've always said that. You know, they've always given teams a run for their money. You know, I love their head coach. Or I don't know if they've changed head coaches recently. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The Buckeyes will win. I mean, there's no question about it. But Indiana, you know, might give them a run for their money. You know, we'll, we'll get to find out if it's if it's truly – Another one of those second half team deals where they struggle in the first and put on the gas in the hat in the second half might be an interest might be an interesting uh, uh, thing to look at. Very interesting. No CJ Stroud, right? Yeah. Ohio State. They're, so there, so there's question marks at the quarterback spot. There's a battle going on, and Indiana does not have their quarterback that they had last year, but they still have some pretty good players left from last year's team. Uh, all right. Moving on. Buffalo twenty three and a half po- or twenty three point dogs on the road at Wisconsin. Also, this is the first week of the season, so yeah, yeah. And Look out, crown them, crown crown them Badgers. Yeah, crown the Badgers. All right, September second. This is a game that I really like. Uh, Toledo ten point dogs on the road at Illinois. That's oh, ten point dogs. Ten points. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm you know I think I think Illinois might cover. Illinois was very impressive last season. Yeah, they were they were surprising last year. Surprising. Yeah, very now, surprising. They lost their quarterback, lost their running back, lost, lost their top corner, half of their secondary. Yeah, I was going to say that that so, top one. five mm. Edo was very good. Yep. So you know, watch out. That's one where I might just take the money line on Toledo. Oh, oh look yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. Wheeling and dealing, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First we continue. West Virginia, 20-point dogs on the road at Penn State. I actually might be taking Penn there. I mean, West Virginia's a lit. It's a little rough, but Penn State's going to be breaking in a new QB. Yeah. The defense will still be tough. They still got two really good running backs. Lost a great game. Yeah, and you're in Happy Valley. Yeah, it's in Happy you got the white. You got the white out to start the season. Yeah. Never, it's never easy to play in that stadium. Not at all. Not at all. All right, 
We are also looking at Northwestern plus four and a half point dogs at Rutgers. Ooh, this this awesome. one's a bathroom break <laughs> on a Sunday. You know, I, I want to stay away from it, but at the same time, to me, I, I, I to be to be frank with you, I think Northwestern's going to take that, and I think Northwestern's going to cover. Problem is, Rutgers is a really good team. Uh, put it, they're improved. Improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they definitely improved. With yeah, that's fair. And with Northwestern losing their best offensive weapon last year, yeah, uh, Evan Hall, the running back, I think is. They're going to be tough. It'll be tough trying to, to trying to cover that and win. All right, we move on. September sixteenth. Now the games are going to be a little bit more spread out here. September sixteenth, Washington, eleven and a half point favorite on the road at Michigan State. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, Washington hasn't been horrible recently. No, they they were number two or three in, in total offense mm-hmm. or passing offense last season. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. The, uh, yeah, that big Penix energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I might take the Wildcats on this one because, yeah, I, I think Sparty might drop it. I think so. Also, September 23rd. Ohio State seven point favorites on the road at Notre Dame. Only seven. Only seven. seven? Huh. I know they kind of have a hard time with Notre Dame. Ohio do. State does. They have to take the they, they certainly, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right now, Notre Dame has not been really spectacular. I'm I'm saying Notre Dame is going to drop that game, and I, I have a feeling this will be kind of a shift here where OSU is going to. Kind of curb stomp them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Here. Okay, all right. Yeah, oh. kind of, kind of, you know, like how the, the kind of like how the big argument was. Oh, Ohio State beat Notre Dame, but then Notre Dame got housed by friggin' uh, by Marshall. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, uh, th- this is not the Notre Dame, the Brian Kelly Notre Dame. You know, and that's the Mark Freeman Notre Dame, which is kind of in the toilet a little bit. The jury's still out. Yeah, I. But again. Breaking in the new QB at Ohio State, and mm. the defense is still unproven, and the offensive line lost two key starters. Yeah, that's fair. So, I don't know. I, I'd be leaning Notre Dame on that. Mm. Right. Um. We haven't made anything official, but that's, <laughs> that's just me. We move on. September 30th, Michigan, 18-point favorites on the road at Nebraska. Yep, I'd take that. Take that, huh? Nebraska, Nebraska's not like Nebraska is not the team they were when they split the national championship with Michigan in '97, and you know N- Nebraska is definitely you know it's a road game for sure, it's a test, but I'm sure Michigan will pass. Eighteen, that's that's a big that's number. A that's a lot, and and not to mention it's it's Nebraska isn't you know, a bottom of the barrel team here. I don't think, I don't, I don't think Nebraska is, is, you know, sniffing the dirt there. I, I think Nebraska, it'll be closer than 18. I don't, you know, maybe 12, 13, right. I could see, I but can we're see talking that. 18. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Matt rule wants to win right away in his words. Yep. He wants to win right away. And I think Michigan, especially now people have woken up on Michigan Mm-hmm. And they're going to get everybody's best shot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a tougher game 
than his 18 children. Yeah, M- McCarthy's going to have his uh, work cut out for him over there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Moving on. We're looking at October 21st. It's Penn State, 10.5-point dog on the road at Ohio State. I don't know that mm-hmm. it should be 10.5 dogs there. I don't think so either. I think they should be like seven if they're yeah. going to be a dog or maybe six, but ten, ten, ten and a half. Both teams mm-hmm. bringing in brand new QBs yeah. again. And now if there's any team that Ohio State has trouble with, besides Michigan, especially lately, it's Penn, Penn State. State. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of been that. It, it There have been the, the two bells of the ball that have been Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. And Penn State's been sitting there waiting, biding their time. And yeah. I, I, everybody's kind of waiting for that explosion to happen. They, yeah. They've been kind of the third the third place person there. They've so. been held back by Sean's Clifford inconsistent yep. play for the last three years. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see, see whether or not, e- even with, with Penn State losing uh, some defensive pieces here, I want to see if uh, uh, Kyle McCord, yeah, you know, over at Ohio State can be the guy. Yeah, you know, obviously he's not Stroud, right? You know, CJ mm-hmm. Stroud. Uh, to me, I think he's a whole different animal. Exactly. You know, so all right, October twenty first. Also, the same day. Go ahead, Alex. Let me get it. Michigan minus nineteen on the road at Michigan State. Wow! 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 So, nineteen so- again. Yeah. So 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 Michigan is a 19 point uh favorite. Yeah. Well, I mean it's a, it is a road game. Um I will I will fly my true colors. I mean, go blue, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that they uh it, it's one it's one of the obviously it's a staple game of the year. You know, it, it's it's always the state game. You know, we net we it's the one it's the one time out of the whole year where we take the statistics and just throw it out the window, the analytics throw it right out the window because you know these are two teams that absolutely can't stand each other, you know they've had shenanigans on the field off and on, but I just don't see, uh, you know, the game actually might be closer than nineteen points. I would not be surprised to see if it was a ten pointer or a seven pointer. It, it so. Was- Far off. That's the thing. Like this, this last game last year. I mean, state was abysmal. Okay, yeah, terrible. But the last game they played, I, I think Michigan won. The, it was twenty nine to seven, right? If I'm not mistaken, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a shellacking. Yeah, it was twenty nine to seven though. That's not that far off from nineteen points. No, no. <laughs> and and that's yeah. my thing. If, if if state just nominally late, improves, late touchdown. Yeah. And and next thing you know, we're having a different conversation about that bet. Yeah. I don't know if I'm taking 19. I don't know if I'm taking it either. Yeah. Michigan's going to get nope. everybody's best shot. I, I mean, Michigan, I, I would go, hey, Michigan, money line. Right. But money I, line for sure, but not covering. Yeah, but state will cover the spread. Right. That's that's the question. Can they cover? And I don't know if they can cover. I don't know either. October 28th, Ohio State, 10-point dogs on the road at Wisconsin. Or excuse me, 10-point favorites excuse me on the road at wisconsin i would take that i think ohio state could cover against wisconsin um i I think wisconsin is almost a little overblown i think people are getting way too excited about wisconsin right now i don't know 
Yeah, Luke Fickle coming in. Yeah, I, I just bringing in uh, Phil Longo from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're gonna run. They're gonna run the ball, but they're gonna throw it a little bit more, way more than you've seen. They fucking better. They're gonna <laughs> throw it right, right. So, and you know, Luke Fickle wants to beat Ohio State, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Former right. former coach. I'm just saying. I think I'd take Wisconsin in this one. The- Bold. Plus 10. Yeah. Got yeah. upset. Yeah. Maybe not to win, but plus 10? Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Because until I see it with Ohio State QB situation and the defense, I won't believe it. Right, 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 right. Right? Mm. All right. Now, uh, moving on. These are just the last few here. November 11th, Michigan State is a 24-and-a-half-point dog. On the road at Ohio State. Ooh, bury him. Nope. Oh, so? Ohio State's going to mop the floor with him. 24 and a half, though? 24 and a half. That's a lot. I mean. <sighs> mm, well, you know, that's true. That is a lot. That's 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 a tall order. I could see 21. I Well, here's. So, Ohio State, you know, losing a ton of pieces they lost. Last year, Ohio State. One forty nine twenty, so we're talking twenty nine there. Mm-hmm. If Michigan State improves a little bit, Ohio State has already lost mm-hmm. some key cogs there. We do have to remember they do have the man over there, Marvin Harrison Jr., which right. I, I think Absolutely. is going to be the, the defining factor there. And they also have that that uh, great tight end over there, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that that's st- sticking around. But um, I I have questions here about twenty one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they they did it by twenty nine again. Not too far off, bro. Not too far off. Yeah, they can beat it by twenty four, but twenty four and a half. I'll, yeah, I'll take the Spartans. Yeah, yeah, twenty four and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I could, right. do, I could see that. I could see that. Oh, November eleventh, Michigan, two and a half point favorite on the road at Penn State. I might take that. I mean, I could see a ten point game. Two and a half. Two and a half. So, I would, so they're saying that the Michigan wins. Michigan would have to win by more than three points. Yeah, Michigan. It, it, that game is always tight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this mm-hmm. one's going to be two and a half points tight. Mm-hmm. It, it is on the road. Yeah, it's but on the road. but we're talking a a team that lost key pieces on defense with Penn State. Uh, Jim Harbaugh just has a way of turning his defense, and you know, it's. I don't feel like Penn State is as good at. at revamping and reloading the defense the way that Jim Harbaugh is, you know, Jim Harbaugh is that guy that's like, okay, I got these pieces. Yeah, that's fine. We'll just plug and play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Michigan all day. I don't think Penn state, I think Michigan to cover, but I don't think uh, uh, Penn state, I, I wouldn't take a bet on Penn state on that. No, if, no. It's, if it's at night in happy Valley, white out. <laughs> There's I mean, the, it's 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 slated to be a noon game right now. They could flex that though. Yeah, I could see it being flexed. If it flexes, then it's over. I'm put it this. Put it. I really do think Michigan State or Michigan is going to get everybody's best shot. I might take Penn State to upset Oof. Michigan on that. Oof. Wow. So, because again, Michigan, they they lost uh, Bozzy Smith in, in the middle. They lost uh, some help. 
uh, Ryan Hayes and and uh, in the center Olu Olu Kami. I'm sorry mm. if I'm mispronouncing. And DJ Turner, yep. the second they lost him in the secondary. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Who do you know? So got I, some. I'd be tempted. Got some interesting guys coming in. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And finally, well, almost finally, November 24th, Penn State minus 13 on the road at Michigan State. That I could see. You could see that? I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see 10. You can see 10. I, I, I mean, see 10. I could see 13. I, you know, the usually later in the season, especially with Michigan State recently, the wheels have that's when the wheels come off late in the year. And that's when they need to get that bowl push. Yeah. And, right? and they, the, they, but the wheels usually come off for Michigan State at that point. And, and that's where I think we're at here. I, I think the wheels are going to come off and, mm-hmm. and you're going to see Penn State go, okay, well, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of have their way with them. Okay. All right. Alex, what do you got? Penn State? You know, um, and, and it's uh, my mi- and it's minus so that they're favorites to win. Yep, Penn State's yep. favored to win by what, ten? You said no, thirteen. Thirteen. Yep. Mm. Penn State over. I, Michigan- I, 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 I say Michigan State covers the spread. It's closer, but Penn State will win the game. Michigan State will cover. I can see that too, Alex. I can see that too. All right. And finally, November twenty fifth, the game. Mm-hmm. State as of right now on June twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Ohio State two and a half point dog in the big house. Michigan mm-hmm. two and a half point favorite. Crazy. The two teams that they've had the most trouble with, which Penn State and, mm-hmm. and they're two and a half point. It's two and a half point. I think Michigan, and I think you're going to see another dominant performance the way that you saw. Uh, last year I, I really think Ohio State is going to struggle they play if you remember Ohio State played really well in the first half of that game mm-hmm. and then in the second half the wheels came off and yeah. and they got just dominated that that ground and pound scheme of Jim Harbaugh the formula has been found yeah and, yeah. and there's there's not a lot of uh, um, durability I'll say there, it, it, with that Ohio State defense, mm-hmm. I really do think Michigan will will wind up, you know, same thing. You you have to outlast them. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. how Michigan kind of looks at Ohio State. You got to outlast them, yeah. and and uh, I, I think that's really where it's going to be headed. Michigan's going to outlast them again. They're going to go out. And they're going to run them. They're going to ground and pound them. And I'm not even a Michigan fan, and I'm going. This is Michigan's. This is yep. Michigan. Michi- Michigan by at least 14. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they, they had a, you got to remember, there was some serious ass kickery going on last year. And this is an Ohio State team that is not as good as it was last year. Not as good as it was. And yep. I think that Ryan Day will, will, will either be fired mm. exposed for, again, coaching malfeasance. And, and possibly fired. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm I, I, I'm taking Michigan on that. Yeah, in a big way. And those are uh, uh, just a quick preview. Boots bets. Haven't put anything down yet. Yep. That's coming in upcoming installments. But I wanted to get those games out there. The MAC-10 preview. Yep. The MAC conference. The Big Ten conference. Close to home. 
Yep, and and keep an eye on some of those Big Ten uh, players, folks. Those folk, those players. Uh, I I don't know if anybody realized there was a lot of Big Ten guys going in the first and second round of that NFL draft, uh-huh. and uh, we got to pay attention to those guys. Oh yeah, quite a bit. Um, and last but not least, our our last segment of the day. Uh, Free agents, we have a lot of free agents out right now, but there are some guys that are catching me eye eye on the free agency list that, uh, man, oh, man, are getting me concerned that they're not picked up yet. Mm. And and I want to talk about some of those guys. I want to talk about potential landing spots. The first guy I want to talk about is the current elephant in the room, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Alex, DeAndre Hopkins. He's visited with the Tennessee Titans. He's visited with the New England Patriots. Where is DeAndre Hopkins going to land? There's no, I don't know. He can, he can go anywhere. First of all, maybe they, again, you know, since they need all the help they can get, why don't you send them to the LA Rams? Uh, If they have enough, if they have enough cap space after they mortgage the future. Uh, But it's, but um, you know, it's, it is, very perplexing. Yeah. With, uh, you know, it, with Hopkins, I think there's some landing spots. There's some, there's some places he can go that really kind of catch my eye or caught my eye. Um, Indianapolis catches my eye a little bit. I, yeah. I Indianapolis could be a landing spot. I think you're talking about Buffalo right now. Buffalo has got to be on everybody's radar. Stefan Diggs having the problems that he's having. Diggs wants Hopkins in Buffalo with him which that could also be a possibility. I think Diggs is starting to realize that Gabriel Davis isn't the guy that they wanted him to be or expected him to be after that four touchdown game. Steph Diggs wants DeAndre Hopkins with him. This also could be a situation where they say, well, Diggs get out of town. We'll take Hopkins for now and roll with it. Uh, Hopkins could wind up in new England, but you know, usually new England doesn't let guys leave without a contract if they want to sign him. Usually it's we want you and we want you here and we want you now. Yeah. Didn't didn't the Kansas City Chiefs also uh, show interest in DeAndre Hopkins? Because we talked about how yeah. <laughs> if the Chiefs were able to land Hopkins, we were like, well, that's just not fair. Yeah, the the Chiefs have shown interest in Hopkins, and and if I'm Hopkins, I'm looking over there going, yes, I will, yes, please, or you know, let me be in Kansas City. But now that Kansas City hasn't signed him, they're dealing with Kadarius Tony, and it's looking like Kadarius Tony is the guy they're banking on to be their number one. Uh, mm. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, and, and it's weird. Kansas city has this weird way of turning questionable players into great players. Right. I mean, that's yep. kind of what we're, we look it's at. Andy, it's the Andy Reed. Yeah. It's that Andrew, Andy Reed way. He has changed the game in a way. And I, I mean, if you look at, at uh, Deandre Hopkins over there, he may be a good fit who knows, but I do think there's potential landing spots there. Boots. What do you think about Deandre Hopkins? Where could he go? Where could he end up? Well, my my thought was that he would end up in New England, reunited with uh, Bill O'Brien. Yep, you would you would have a, an offensive minded coach. You would have at least, I mean, considering the quarterbacks that he's played with, I think Mac Jones would probably be the second best uh, of all the quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins in the NFL. And well, I forgot about Deshaun Watson, yeah. so he'd be third. Yeah, okay? so so he's third on the list. Uh, I think New England would have been the, the the spot for him to go. I also thought New Orleans would be a good spot for him to land. Yep. Um, but they, New Orleans have drafted some receivers, and they they 
they may not be looking that way. I think DeAndre Hopkins uh, did didn't do himself any favors when he, you know, spoke publicly about the claims. You know what he wants. These players aren't getting on these podcasts, man. Yeah, I, I wish one would get on ours, please. Uh, <laughs> players get on these podcasts and then they start talking about what they want and. and you know, you know, people are listening. Yeah. Or else you wouldn't be talking to the microphone. People are listening and they're like, oh, we're not, we're not going to deal with this. So how many GMs listened to that clip or whatever and just uh, and thought, nope. Yeah. You know, we, we thought mm-hmm. about being a man, but nope. So he he cut himself short with a few teams, I believe, with those, with those comments. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, next up, we got Zeke Elliott. Zeke still out on the on the board. I'm I'm a little surprised by it, but I'm not. I think teams are kind of waiting to drive his price down a little bit. Is is what they're looking for? Zeke, that you know he's going to go out and ask for eight to ten. Teams are kind of looking to sign him for four or five. I think is what we're what he's you know going to wind up getting. Uh, Here, right spots for him. Arizona, I think, is a would be a great fit for him. Even though they have James Conner over there, I think Arizona would be a great fit for him. I do think Kansas City should be on the on the uh, uh, radar there. Even though they're that they're would happy. help. That would also be totally not fair. <laughs> they're happy with Isaiah Pacheco, but at the same time, Isaiah Pacheco to me isn't Zeke Elliott, and I, I think he's no, a much better player. Uh, so I think he'd be on the radar there. Um, you know, there's not a ton. I, I, maybe the New Orleans Saints, given the Alvin Kamara situation, but they do have, you know, uh, Williams over there, Jamal Williams, who came in. So you, there's questions about uh, – and Tampa Bay has a tendency to pick up players like Ezekiel Elliott, which which could be a good fit. Also, the Carolina Panthers, I think, would be a nice fit for him. I think that would be another potential spot for him to go. Uh, Boots, Zeke Elliott, where, where do you think he's headed? Dallas. He's going back to Dallas. Right? I mean, I, he's only 27. I yeah. didn't realize that. He, you know, looks and plays like he's 37 sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still been productive. Um, all I know is every time I looked up, Ezekiel Elliott scored a touchdown. Yep. At the, you know, goal line. Here we go. What I say, fourth and inches, goal line. You can turn around and hand it to Zeke, and he'll get it, to, and he'll get it for you. Right, right. Um, so I, I don't see why. I mean, he he's a little slower, but I can definitely see him landing somewhere. He he, he won't be out here too much longer. Again, many uh, not many camps, but preseason and and and, and training camp startings and all yep. with all this going on. There's gonna gonna there's gonna be a guy that gets hurt. He's probably maybe Tennessee where he ends up. Yeah, that could be a, another another potential spot as well. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Marcus Peters, the corner from or, Baltimore. Hey, Chargers. Yeah, how about Zeke Elliott? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's talk about Marcus Peters out of Baltimore. I think he's probably the highest touted corner in the entire free agent market right now, as far as I'm concerned. I love Marcus Peters. He's 30 years old. Um, just left Baltimore. He was a stud over there. He was their number one guy. Um, landing spots for him. I, I think there is one landing spot that I would love to see him in, and that would be with the Minnesota Vikings. I think he mm. is an absolute fit for what they need. They need a number one corner over there. If you mean to tell me that Byron Murphy's going to be the guy, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, give me Marcus Peters as, as corner one. 
give me Byron Murphy as corner two. And I think the Vikings have a really good corner room. But I, I mean, the, the Marcus Peters, the fact that he's sitting on the market right now, he's sitting out there is insane to me. Uh, he's still getting his guaranteed money from Baltimore. You can get this guy on a discount. He should be picked up. Uh, uh, Alex, am, am I missing something there? I mean, Marcus Peters, I think he's a great fit for Minnesota, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, he'd be, well, he'd be a great fit for anybody that needs a corner, really. Right. Uh, you know, if Minnesota, you know, drops the ball and doesn't get him, you know, perhaps they could find, he could find his way. I mean, I hate to keep throwing this up, the Los Angeles Rams, yeah, but, but also, you know, you know, other, other teams where, where defense might need to be beefed up Denver, you know, you know, Denver's Denver had a pretty solid defense last year, even though Russell Wilson was cooking, uh, spam SpaghettiOs, but, uh, you know, you could also potentially see him with a team like either the Houston Texans uh, you could see, you could have him go to a, a beleaguered team like uh, Seattle. You know, put put him in put him in Seattle. Seattle does uh, need corner help. They do need corner help. I agree with you there. I also agree with the fact that the Houston Texans would be an excellent fit. Arizona losing their corners. Arizona could be a fit, but I don't know that he's going to want to go to Arizona. I don't think anybody wants no. to go to Arizona right now. No. You know, at, at thirty years old, depending on how much winning means to him, uh, at, at thirty. You're looking at the Bengals. Hmm. That might be rough to do. Yeah, but uh, the Vikings. The I mean the Vikings. Sure. I, I think I think the Vikings are are a good fit. Uh, I think he he offers enough. Yeah. Right. He offers enough to make it a winner. Yeah. Right. So that's why, and I think I think if we you put a guy like Marcus Peters in a Vikings uniform in that Brian Flores defense. I think a lot of the narrative changes about, oh, the Vikings are going to be shit this year or the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs or, or whatever else. I think the narrative changes quite a bit if you stick him in a Vikings uniform. Yeah, they're going to blitz a lot. Yeah. The Vikings are going to, going to blitz. Got to, there's going to be a lot of pressure. And that'll be lead us into our next guy, too. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, still out there. Uh, if the Vikings were to move on from Daniil Hunter, I feel like even though he's had a run with the organization already, Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that, that the Vikings should be looking at in that Brian Flores system. Uh, he Just didn't go get the quarterback. Yep, and that's it. That's because his that's job. All he because that's all he. I don't say that's all he can do, but that's what he's shown to to be the best at. Yeah, and the other side of the play, stopping the run, not really his thing. Right, Yannick Ngakwe. That's what he would be there for. That's what Brian Flores loves. That's what the the, the type of shit he brings to the table. Uh, so you, you, I would love to see him in, in a Vikings uniform. Other places I could see him. Uh, I could see him in Carolina. I really could. I could see him in Miami. <clears throat> Miami needs good pass rushers right now. Their defense was very iffy last year. Yeah. They could use that. And you know New who, Orleans. New Orleans. You know who could really use him is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay needs a good edge rusher right now. They lost a lot of pieces in that front seven. Yeah. Tampa could use them. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are, are definite landing spots. And, yes, Alex, he could land with the Rams. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's it, – to me, uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, needs to be looked at more. Um, his, he's very valuable. He's a very valuable player. Uh, also, next up, Dalvin Cook. We, we've talked about him possibly landing in Miami, and Miami's currently the favorite. 
You know where else I could see him landing is San Francisco. Mm. I could see him going to San Fran. Oh, that's alongside CMC. That'd be a do. That'd be a potent one-two punch. Yeah, that'd be a two-headed monster. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be able to control. Yeah, Ooh. that would be that'd be a scary situation. The only other place I could see him going is Cleveland. I think Cleveland, given the the history there, you know, with uh, um, with their head coach, I I, I think that Dalvin Cook, oh, could, yes, Kevin Stefanski. I, I think that that uh, because Kevin Stefanski knows Dalvin Cook, knows the way he plays, they've got a big bruiser of a running back in Nick Chubb. You get a guy like Dalvin Cook, and you you kind of put him in there as your little speedster. I think that could make some interesting stuff in in Cleveland. That could make for an interesting situation on but the offensive side of the ball. They really like Jerome Ford. They they really do like Jerome Ford in Cleveland too. Yes. So um, another place. Jacksonville. Jacksonville could be a spot. You know, I could see Cincinnati if the Joe Mixon stuff doesn't work out. Right. That, that could be another. That, that could be a definite. I could see that, too. Yeah. Cincinnati would probably be a, a really good fit, too, because he can catch the ball out the back. Yeah, I could see that. He can yeah. lock. Yeah, all that. But, yeah, Jacksonville, you know those cons. They will pay. Yeah, they yes. They will pay the money for him if, if they can. I, I don't know uh, what Jackson. I'd have to look at their cap space situation. I assume it's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, that that is a, a potential landing spot. The only other spot I could see now that I think about it, Denver. Denver, I could see. I could see Denver, uh, especially given George Payton his history over there. Uh, I could see Dalvin Cook landing in Denver. And if Javante Williams is because you he's know, not ready to he, go, you need that that second year. They always say the second year after that uh, ACL, or because I think he's, he tore two. ACL and an MCL? Yeah, or yeah it, was, it was both sides. Yeah, so if you tore two of them, yeah, you definitely want to, you know, give him maybe a year cushion to, to try to get back to 100% or mm-hmm. as close to it as he can. Yep. Um, I also want to talk about uh, uh, Akeem Hicks. Uh, just left Tampa Bay. Very impactful. Akeem Hicks getting up there in the years. But let's let's just point out the fact that he is one of the best run stuffers in all of the NFL. Yeah. There is not – Teams cannot run against the man. Yeah. His run defense is outstanding. I, I like Akeem Hicks a lot. I think, you know, on a one-year deal, you one can get him. Deal. Give him a one-year deal. That's the kind of guy that that can shore up that interior defensive line. You could probably get him for cheap. I, I like this. I would like this a lot. You know, the, he's listed as a defensive end, but most teams use him as a defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, it, it seems uh, that he's always on the interior. I like the Akeem Hicks stuff. I, I think he could be a great, great fit. Uh, places he could go. Say it with me, Alex. <laughs> um, the Rams. Uh, the Rams. Yes. <laughs> I, I was. I was going through. I was going through the wheel in my head. What bingo phrase are we about to say now? <laughs> so that's what. The, that's what the pause. Yes, you're right, though. The Rams can use anything at this point, really. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah, they they could just use anything and everything. Uh, other places he could go, you know. I, I think the Raiders might be a good fit for him. I think the Raiders would be really nice. They need right. interior defensive line. Uh, so so the Raiders. I could see the Chargers being a fit for him. I could see the Chargers. Yep. I could see the yeah. Giants being Run a fit for him. Yeah, I, I could see that too. The New York Giants. I mean, they, they could be a good fit. Uh, so they, they have some spots. Uh, I You know, the only other place I could see him going, and we, we just got done talking about Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati could use interior defensive line as opposed yeah. to – they have good edge rushers, but the yeah. interior's always been a little eh, a little yeah. iffy. I could see them 
going after him as an interior defensive lineman. Also, Pittsburgh would be a nice fit for a guy like Yeah, I could see Pittsburgh. I think I could see Pittsburgh better than just about anyone you said. Yeah, you know, now that I thought about it. Mm -hmm. Tennessee Titans also. Yeah, the Titans, they they need a whole lot on the defensive side of the football right now. Could be a nice fit for Akeem Hicks. I, I could definitely see that. Let's talk about a guy that people aren't giving enough credit. I want to talk about Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Fournette coming out, uh, he, you know, he's 28 years old. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. I yeah. could see Leonard Fournette, and, and we talk about this crowded running back market. And I could see Leonard Fournette going several places. Uh, he, Buffalo. Uh, that was the first one that popped into my head. Buffalo. I know you talk about Damian Harris there, but Leonard Fournette's better than Damian Harris. Yeah, I, I mean, and Fournette didn't get enough opportunity in Tampa. They handed the job over to Rashad White. They were looking to go younger and cheaper, and they did that, and that's fine. And Rashad White's going to be very good in Tampa. But Leonard Fournette deserves the opportunities. Every time Leonard Fournette touched the ball in Tampa, something good happened. Yep. Like I, I was one of the ones who said, Oh boy, once he once he left Jacksonville, I thought, all right, that's it. Yeah. You that's know, a game over for him. Game over for him. It's been nice, you know, having you around, Lenny. But he played in Tampa and played very well. Yep. I could see Leonard Fournette going to the Cowboys. I could see that. Yeah. Dallas yeah. was love that. Yeah. Like a power runner. Tony Tony Pollard coming off the, you know, late season injury. Yeah. You know, I love that the the, uh, the Deuce Vaughn pick, but man, you got to have a big power I guy. I think they still they yeah they need somebody like Fournette, especially with the way that Schottenheimer and uh, McCarthy want to play. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the last guy I want to talk about because uh, uh, he is just because of the the name here, Kareem Hunt, twenty seven years mm-hmm. old, hmm. fresh out of Cleveland, still sitting on free agency. Still, <clears throat> I'm I'm blown. By the fact that why, he, yeah, why? I, I've been asking myself that same question. Why is Kareem Hunt still on free agency? Uh, you know who I would love to see him with the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I Kareem Hunt. I, I I would rather have Kareem Hunt than Alexander Madison as RB one. And I think that at this stage I of the game, that. Kareem Hunt could be the guy that you could get for far cheaper than he's actually worth. He would be an excellent fit, and they could get him on a discount. I, at 27 years old, pay the man. Five years, boom, do it right now. Let's get him. He'd be a discount Dalvin. Yep. I, I, I see Kareem Hunt as a discount Dalvin. Here's the, here's the thing about Kareem Hunt. Maybe the book is out. You think so? I think the book might be out because there's a – you know, some of these guys, they're on – they're on uh, they're waiting to get, get a call because of their – age yep. right some of them are waiting to get a call because we haven't no one's injured yet right yeah but kareem hunt had been sitting there this whole time and nobody's looking at and him. nobody's looking at him at 27 with yeah. what he's with his physical ability and you see it on sundays like the guy he, he's got it but maybe nobody wants it yeah, and I think a lot of it might be the attitude. I think a lot of it might be the off-the-field stuff. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, I think, going mm-hmm. anywhere adds a ton to your team. A ton. Carolina should be looking at him right now. Carolina would be you an excellent trying to put, you, you keep trying to push Miles Sanders out of Carolina. I don't think Miles Sanders is that spectacular. I don't think he is you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's just what it is. You know, I, 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 
it is as uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, he was he he would. Miles Sanders is one of those boomer bust type guys. Yeah, he he bangs for for 150 yards one day, and then the next day he's doing 30. I mean, like you you never know what you're going to get on Miles. Sanders. It's a dice roll. Yeah, yeah. Right? One good season after Saquon Barkley left Penn, after Barkley was gone from Penn State. Right. And, you know, he cashed in on it, but. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're spot on. Yeah, it's a crapshoot when you when you have Miles Sanders, and you never know what he's going to do. One, I mean, he could be great. He could be a bum. You never really know what Miles Sanders yeah. is going to be. He hasn't consistently shown up on tape, impacting the game. Right. Exactly. So I mean, I got I got questions about about Miles Sanders there, but those are our our free agents. Um, next show, I'm pretty excited. We're going to be doing. Uh, our news. We're going to go through our playoff predictors, our season predictor predictors, uh, which is going to be a great time. Uh, we're going to for the next uh, three episodes. We're going to do one of uh, each of our season predictors. Next show, we're going to be doing Boots's uh, season predictor. I want I want <laughs> Boots to so what Boots is going to do and when in the in, while we're waiting while we're setting up for the next show. Next show, he'll be letting us know how his divisions laid out after he went through the whole season and picked the winners and losers of every single game. I want to know how his playoffs looked in the bracket. And I want to look at who is his Super Bowl winner, according to his season predictor. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get crazy up here with these way too early season predictions. So that, that is your homework assignment there, Boots. But, um, and, and we'll do yours first. I'll, uh, I'll, we'll do Alex's the next one and I'll go last. Uh, but that, that'll be what's going on with that. As far as the, uh, the, uh, season predictors next show, we're going to have our news and notes. We're going to have more Boots' bets as well. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, Folks, that's our show. Before we get out of here, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of these awesome businesses. First and foremost, IYT Massage. It's your time, Massage, IYTMassage.com. Check it out. Get yourself a massage. She's the best massage therapist around. Specializing Swedish, deep tissue, CBD oil, you name it. I mean, she does an excellent job, Amanda does. Uh, Alex, get yourself a massage. Boots, you need to get yourself a massage. And if I'm not mistaken... We, we've got an author in the house right now. I mean, who's who's going to be going to get herself a massage. And going to come out feeling like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> because that's what they do at IYT Massage. Yeah, we, we have an author in the house, though. I want to talk about her. Yes. Uh, yes, let's go to Wonderful author of the book, I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Yep. Uh, the wonderful Tammy Pruitt going to be going over to IYT Massage, getting herself a massage, which is excellent. Yes. And yes. and this this book is an outstanding book about uh, it's, a, it's essentially an inspirational book. Inspirational book yep. about life experiences and and what you may be going through physically, mentally, emotionally, and something. There's something for everybody. Yeah, it's like a buffet. There's something for everybody <laughs> in this book. Yes, excellent read, folks. Check it out. Uh, where can we get that book again? Get it online only. BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on uh, uh, Amazon. You can order yourself a paperback on Amazon. You can uh, order it on uh, where where else you where else you get you get your books from. But look for it. Yep. Look for it wherever you get your books. Just go to the Google machine. 
<laughs> and type in I ate cookies out of the trash and how to order it. And Google tells you how to do everything else in your life. Yep. Let it tell you this, too. I love Google. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm just becoming an old man and going, this is the only search engine I remember. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I do remember the Ask Jeeves. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. How did you mention it? Ask Jeeves. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Um, let's talk a little bit about Face Kicked Apparel. Uh, Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife. They, they do amazing work over there. Uh, all your custom hats, hoodies, T-shirts, uh, pants, you name it, you pick it, they stick it over at facekickedapparel.com. Alex, I know you've gotten some custom shirts from there. High-quality stuff, am I right? Absolutely. You know, um, we, you know I, I believe that uh, one of the shirts I'm wearing, the shirt I'm wearing right now, I believe was made uh, at Face Kicked Apparel. Uh, I also had a commemorative shirt uh, for when I uh, survived my battle with cancer. Uh, not just survived, thrived. And yeah. I, I had 10 custom shirts made. Uh, and so the, the, I still have it in my room. I've washed it a couple times and it, it looks good from, it looks as good now as it did then. Well, tell her right. How you kicked cancer's ass. Yeah, you did. You whooped cancer's ass. That's what you did. Went over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Ring that bell. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Patch Miracle Photography, the best photographers around. Uh, Andrew and Chantel, wonderful, wonderful business. If you're looking for graduation photos, if you're looking for maternity photos, if you're looking for wedding photos, if you're looking to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, check out Patch Miracle Photography. Uh, they do amazing work over there. They make your special day extra special. They were our wedding photographers. They were absolutely outstanding. Patch Miracle Photography. I heard they do mug shots too. <laughs> <laughs> position where you need a mugshot I, I don't i don't well i'm sure they would if you asked i'm sure they would <laughs> but, but uh yes patch miracle photography check them out the best of the best in the photography business i hands down uh alex let's talk about uh, steel twins gaming over there What's absolutely yep our voice acting series is in full swing every single wednesday night at 7 30 p.m uh, i think we've started it pretty consistently over the past couple weeks so we're going to stamp it uh, 7 30 p.m. every Wednesday night, you know, the pat the cannonball in the cannon uh yeah. bring you uh two to three hours of quality uh entertainment. You know, we just take a game with has a tunnel dialogue in it, and we just act the voices out. And uh we're working on a game called uh the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and we are knee deep, almost waist deep, in a case uh where uh you know an explosion happened at London's Great Exhibition. Uh, a man, a man that was uh, the test subject of a uh, a science experiment gone horribly wrong has died, uh, but there's there's more twists and turns in it than uh, the SoCal freeway, uh, and we're gonna get into like the second half of the trial portion uh, next ne next Wednesday night, you know, and it's fireworks abound, and you know there's always shenanigans. And my brother and I always have you know poke fun at the situation. We we amp up the drama where it's appropriate uh you can find us on facebook gaming twitch and youtube uh, every wednesday night at 7 30 p.m sharp yeah hell of a watch uh and, and it's it's actually incredibly entertaining i i jump on there every now and then um on, on the wednesday nights when i have the opportunity and harass these guys and and post all kinds of stupid comments and and try to talk to a lot of folks it's a good time so i i love watching it though it's it's very entertaining stuff and also our, let's talk about our boy big willie dubs gaming big, big will, will 
Yep, big will mm-hmm. over there, Billy Dove's gaming. Uh, and and boots. I don't know if you got to see. Uh, I was on Big Willie Dove's uh, uh, little channel there. I got to join him for a little while. And uh, yeah. I we 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 played the jelly bean game. Did you ever did you ever hear about the jelly bean game? I've never heard of that. Uh, it's there. There are two different jelly beans in a in a uh, container there, and right. you you spin and, and there's multiple containers with two jelly beans in them, right? Okay. And you spin the wheel and it tells you, okay, well this is the you have to pick one jelly bean out of this container, and one of them is going to be either a juicy pear or one of them is going to be a booger. No. And, and, or <laughs> one of them is going to no. be one of them is going to be popcorn, or right. one of them is going to be vomit. And then, right. So I got right. I got a juicy pear or, or booger, and I got a booger. Oh. <laughs> so it was not oh. fun. Oh. So it was bad. Man. I couldn't oh, I couldn't get the taste out of my mouth I for an hour. Time I ate a booger. <laughs> <laughs> it was about three hours ago. Oh. <laughs> at least at least it's not Starline chili flavored. <laughs> uh, digging for gold but uh folks that's our show check out big willie dubs gaming by the way but that's our show um but boots welcome back i'm glad to have you back uh alex, be back. yeah alex thank you once again for joining us we have a great time we're getting ready uh, boots i hope you're excited i'm fired up for next show because i want to see who's going to be your super bowl champion oh shoot oh yeah <laughs> on that level. here we go i'm, I'm excited wanna- So, uh, folks, that's our show. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.